welcome to another edition of Bottom of the Bill, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Lazuli Vane with us today. Howdy, howdy. Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Anton. Good to be here, man. Yeah. Well, before we get started, do the obligatory cheers. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, boys. I always do the tap just because. Tap my knee. I'm not a tap guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I started doing it, but I started yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, before we get started, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, we have Orange Blossom Review with Side Hustle uh, with the Wood Brothers and a bunch of other really great bands coming on December 3rd. It's finally coming it's up It's finally now. coming up now. We've been uh, uh, talking about it since, what, March? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, get your tickets now. It's not for another nine months, but whew, now go get your tickets Now go get your sure. tickets for sure. Not messing around. Um, and then we got some other stuff that I can't really announce just yet, but uh, um, what do you got going, Bill? Well, by the time this comes out, uh, you should be at... Uh, 1904 seeing Greenhouse Lounge play that's our band and then the day after that will be Stanford and then better have your tickets for Halloween because we're playing that Friday night at 8.30 on the campground stage sweet so got that yeah. and then Side Hustle we've got something in November don't we yeah I can't I don't we can't talk about can't it can't say though. anything yet so um, and then uh, also you guys are uh, Dave just announced that Greenhouse is dropping the live album Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, we're having a live album that's going to come out on Wednesday uh, on all streaming platforms. But that was two days ago now since it's yeah, Friday. Okay. The real world. So, so go check it out now <laughs> then. What's it called? Uh, it's uh, uh, live from... Oh, man, I feel so bad. I, I just saw great. the flyer. No, but it's from uh, our show with uh, uh, on October 30th of last year. At 1904? At 1904. It was a great, great show. Uh, but I think it's called Live, live from Home Base. That's what it's called. Nice. That's where we are in Jacks. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you got anything coming up that you want to promote? Anything, gigs or music coming out or anything? Yeah, I got some music coming out. Got um, got a song called Chamomile Smoke Rings coming out on the 29th of this month, October. And got a song coming out as well, another one on um, uh, November 12th. November 12th? Yeah. Okay. So October 29th, November 12th. Uh, definitely make sure you check out Lazuli's music because I, bro, I, I love, I love what you're doing, man. It's so good. It's like, thanks, man. I don't know how to describe it, and I'm not even gonna try because trying to put shit in a box sometimes is not the way to do it. And I don't think that your stuff really fits in any one box. It's just very uh, creative, and I, and I, and I love what you're doing for sure. Thank you. What do you think, Bill? I think it. I don't want to, cause yeah, I don't want to like tag you and say something that you don't like. But I think it sounds kind of yeah. like uh, you know Rex OC, Rex Orange County. Yeah, yeah. I think it kind of sounds like that, but That's like awesome. not softer and definitely not as uh, uh, like creepy, cause he says some weird shit. And yours actually is like poetic and like his the lyrics make sense and it's not just like the rambling of an eighteen year old kid. He's a he's a wonder kid. Like he's yeah, he's amazing. amazing. Yeah, but at the he's same incredible. time, like he's like, whoa, how hard is your life? Is he has to make stuff up, or whatever. But at the same time, I, I just I really like it too. It's it's in that vein of stuff, singer songwriter, yeah. but a yeah. little more deeper than acoustic kumbaya guitar. Is all yeah, I to say. Uh, a yeah, lot for, sh- for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, Thanks, so, how did you get started? Where, where 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 do you come from? Are you from Jax? No, I'm actually I was born in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. And raised there till I was like, I guess 18, 19, and then I um, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, everything for me musically started there. So started, okay. Um, <clears throat> the community there, there was a lot of good mentorship there for me as a kid. Um, a lot of guys that were in bands and that chose family life later, you know. 
and but they were just I don't know good people and they were just willing to invest their energy in me and 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 show me things you know and show me how music works and they'd be excited for me and it's a really sweet thing man so I don't know home I kind of owe everything to Augusta even though there's not much going on there musically as far as a music scene or business goes right now still when I go home it's just a sweet man yeah it's a cool town man we played at a Fox's Lair one time Mm -hmm. you familiar with that spot Mm-hmm. It's a really cool. I love that place. Uh, yeah, man. It's over there, very... in, like old town, like down there in the. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Oh, dude, they have the soup nights. You ever been to a soup night? No, no. Like, we just played there one night when we were on the road. Yeah. It was just like an in between spot or something. Yeah, they let, was... let us stay up in the Airbnb above it for free. Oh, I've never been yeah. up there. Then they also told us to lock up the bar when we were uh, done. We were done. <laughs> yeah. Which basically meant just like whatever you want, it's <laughs> yeah. yours. Yeah. Just specifically, yeah, as much as you can drink, we're just like, all right, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. Augusta <laughs> was nice. We were only there for like a, just like a night and then we yeah. left, so yeah. don't know a lot about it. Yeah. But uh, did, so what, what was it like coming up in the scene there? I guess you said you had some mentors. Were you going to jam sessions or what, what were you? Yeah, man. Like a lot of people, I learned a lot of music in church, man. Okay. And like that's where it all kind of started. And obviously, my like the line I have towed in terms of that whole spiritual thing has been pretty bizarre. So probably a lot of those people at home are probably watching me from afar. Like, what the hell is that guy doing? But um, that's okay with me. But the um. But I did get a lot of my musical, like, start there. Um, I actually started taking lessons from David Haywood, uh, Dave Haywood from, like, Lady Antebellum when he was in high school. Oh, wow. And I was, like, nine. And my mom was friends with his mom. <laughs> and she was like, do you, you want to take guitar lessons? And I was like, sure. She's like, there's this kid down the street, and he can teach you for, like, 10 bucks an hour. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, then, um, and so I started taking from Dave for, like, a year or so. And then he went off to college at UGA. And... Um, and then I was without a teacher, but then I, I had a few more just awesome teachers that found me, and um, and then I started making uh, started making little albums. It, like I I ended up starting to teach guitar when I was thirteen. Oh really? Yeah, I just started like teaching people of all ages um, for like ten bucks an hour, and yeah. like um, that was how I paid for my first little like like uh, Pro Tools LE rig, like two thousand four. And, um, and that, you know, that kind of like my little inbox and that got me started, um, recording first, I had a little eight track and I did what I could with that. And then I made a bunch of crappy albums, uh, <laughs> all the way through high school. And, uh, eventually they got less and less crappy. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that's, that's yeah. the trajectory, right? <laughs> that was that. That's pretty much how music went for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, uh, when did you discover that you were passionate about music and that you wanted to pursue it as a career? Oh man, I was young, man. I was like twelve, thirteen. Yeah, I just I got I became obsessed. Like, I was learning. I was really liked to shred. I liked to play. Like, I was just learning like Van Halen songs and like extreme, like all this, just like, you know, eighties hair metal and like classic rock and like I was just you know, guitar, the guitar path, you know what I mean? Right. It's like everybody follows that guitar path. You read like, you know, if you play guitar, like in your middle school, you like, you pick up Guitar World magazine and you play like, you know, you play Iron Man and you learn, eventually, you, you know, you eventually you learn every note and you realize there's a lot going on in that song. And then you're like, you know, yeah, you know, that whole, like that old chestnut. Man. For sure. For sure. <laughs> the old rock and roll path. You ever yeah. learn any Van Halen or anything like that? Uh, no, 
was um, just born like jazzy. It's the weirdest. Really? Thing. I didn't like jazz when I was younger. It took me a long time I to. to, to yeah. I, I, my, I was not exposed to it at all growing up. That really? didn't come in until. That didn't come in the picture until I was in my early 20s and I started meeting guys that were, you know, schooled musicians. I started forming bands with them and they were like, hey man, you need to step your game up and yeah. this is how you're going to do it. And yep. they started showing me all kinds of shit and I was like, oh, this is like. At first, it was like, I don't really like this. And I kept listening, and I was like, oh, I see now. Yeah. But when I was growing up, I, I also didn't... Like, I listened to what my dad listened to. My dad was, like, super into Zeppelin mm -hmm. and, like, a lot of the British rock stuff, you know, that was coming out in the 60s and 70s. So that was really where I was kind of pulling my inspiration from. That's and then awesome. blues, you know, like, the you know, like started with Stevie Ray Vaughan and then as I got older you know you started going back and discovering like the real guys you know yeah yeah totally uh, uh, but so that was definitely my, my thing so I still don't have those chops now like the shredding chops I do not have that in me I now. don't have them anymore you, you don't have them anymore no <laughs> he's like you learn all the finger tapping stuff yeah, and you're like, yeah I mean that I'm was like yeah that it. was like two years of my life where it was, and I never like could like shred like Eddie Van Halen you know but that was just like something I was like whoa yeah and it's, for two years I was like really into that you know and then i like and then i my hormones hit and i was like oh feelings like music's about feelings yeah it's not about like and then i realized at like 14 15 all of a sudden i was into like like drive-through records bands you know i was really into like emo and stuff right and yeah i definitely really went through that into, phase like, yeah. yeah and then you know and then but then i also started getting into jazz in high school not playing it just like being in awe of it right so, right yeah. yeah that path was that was just the very start of it, you know. I feel yeah, I, yeah. I feel like everyone definitely goes through that when they're first starting out. It's like you get impressed by all the, all the flash factor, the shock mm -hmm. factor, of the mm -hmm. instrument, mm -hmm. and then you get to that next level, and you're like, oh man, there's like, so much beneath the, the surface here, you know. Yeah, and it's like that. Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't take my feelings anywhere. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it does. Were your parents musical or, or anything like that? Not so much. Um, I hear tell that my mom played a little bit of saxophone in the jazz band, but she's in the in the high school band, but she never uh, whipped that out for us. My great grandfather was musical. He played like all the bluegrass instruments. He yeah, was, uh, yeah. He lived on a, uh, on a tobacco farm in North Carolina. Sorry, um, and that was like kind of <clears throat> I went there a lot growing up. So my great grandfather is the only one. That's interesting. I think that's why you just get that step though, because his dad's a musician. And so, like, yes. and then <laughs> no, he was like, you know, you don't need all this. Yeah, his dad's like setting him straight all, all right yeah. at the beginning. Like, yeah. hey, man, listen, that's just it's so hollow. Just, just go, yeah, just just skip it. Just go right to Bowie. Just don't even worry about yeah, it. Yeah, there's skip, yeah. definitely a lot of that, man. I remember one time when I was in high school, I was recording my first song that I had. I had written a couple of things. But it was the first song I wrote with lyrics. And my dad's friend, when he's a drummer, he was like my my first mentor and he passed away when I was 18 but when I was like when I was 17 I was going to record my first song with him and I remember like being in the studio and like you know do, going through the motions and like learning what like how to play to a click track and like learning about the microscope that you're yeah. under when you're there yeah. you know just all these things started coming to reality for me yeah and then he was pointing out something we were listening to a bad company song a uh, shooting star uh, it's a great song and at the end of the song there's like these little licks that are just kind of happening in the background you can almost like not even like they're almost like not even there but they're there and he was pointing them out he's like you see that right there like that's the kind of stuff that people listen to they don't even know that they like it but it's so simple and tasteful and it just it's so effective he's playing three notes yeah. and i was i just like that always resonated with me you know yes. so just like little shit like that yes. when i was a teenager that kind of there was definitely so to your point there was definitely like a bit of a 
skipping through some uh, phases that I probably that most people probably. Your dad ever went put through. on like Leonard Skinner or Molly Hatch and was like, "No, this is music." My dad <laughs> hated. My dad's Cuban. He hated that oh, shit. Oh well, yeah, that's yeah. well. I don't know. I don't know any Cuban. Your dad put on Pitbull and you were like, yeah. <laughs> I love Pitbull." When I was in, when I was 15 years old, bro. I'm from South Florida, so yeah. it's like, "Are you kidding me?" Pitbull came out yeah, as like, the man, first rapper in like 20 years to put Miami on the map. Yeah. We're just like, "Fuck yeah, bro!" Yeah, dude, it's, it's terrible, but. I mean, it was really whoa, exciting when you're 15 whoa, years old. It's Mr. Worldwide. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Worldwide, He's everywhere. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Ubiquitous. Such a good band name. Oh, my God. That's better than Mr. Worldwide. I got to write that down. But, yeah, that's what my pops always said. It was like, it's ACDC and Molly Hatchet, 38 Special, Leonard Skinner, nothing will compare. Oh, and the boss. Obviously the boss. I have a theory about uh, Bruce Springsteen is once you turn 30 years old, all of a sudden you like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I liked him when strange. I was very young. Oh, because dude. you were born. I'm 31, and I'm just not that into just Bruce Springsteen. You're not into it? We can just skip straight to the unpopular opinion. Yeah. Now, because I don't really like Bruce Springsteen that much. You don't like Springsteen. I, just something, that's, just, I get it, though. I get it. Just something connected, and I was just like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's, it's for working class people. I'm like, damn. Yeah, like, I've had it explained to me, and like, I do get that appeal. It's just actually musically, when I actually sit down and actually consume it with my ears, I'm actually not that into it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I get like his appeal, and I like respect the man very much. He does it. He does it. Rosalita is a great song, though. Oh, yeah, amazing yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the songs are really good, too. Yeah. Just, yeah. Bruce, if you're watching, just take a break from singing every now and then. <laughs> that dude looks like he's just always about to have a stroke when he's on stage yeah, he, he sings so aggressively <laughs> yeah it's like does. bro just tone it down he's you got two hours up yeah, there yeah. <laughs> um oh, <I> love it. <laughs> so, so what were your early creative projects like were you in bands when you lived in augusta yeah yeah i was in a lot of bands i had a um <clears throat> we had an old uh kind of a hardcore band and our motto was we suck on purpose and we, we suck were, on purpose yeah we were called stiletto fight nice and, uh, <laughs> yeah awesome. um yeah the bassist from that band is my friend he, he ended up marrying my sister is awesome nice had a um had a few bands back then um a lot of them with terrible names and um tried a bunch of different things you know just kind of like you know you know how you do just try everything um and uh, but i also would like make like weird art records in my bedroom and like we'd experiment me and a couple of friends who um were like my weirder friends you know like we would get together and experiment we'd like take all the amps we could find and like turn them on and plug a bunch of shit into them and face them to each other and put microphones in them so they create this weird feedback and then we go get lunch and record the whole thing and then come back and record a bunch of stuff over that and no shit just like weird shit like that and we do it um all the time just for fun and we would get this gleeful giggles and when we create like bizarre terrible sounds and then make them get something beautiful out of that eventually you know as you keep layering it and that 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 i think taught me a lot weirdly um, just about the recording process. Yeah, 100%, man. That's um, the whole thing, right? Just experiment and just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, when I was in high school, like, you know, I didn't grow up in a very big house or anything, but my, my family was pretty kindly supportive of me in the sense that, like, they let me make a shit ton of noise all the time and they let me take over the, like, there was, like, a bedroom with a back bedroom and, and they're small little bedrooms, but I got rid of my bed and I slept on a mat on the floor for four years. The last four years I was at home, like in high school. So I slept on a mat on the floor and I just like, I would work. I'd like, you know, mow lawns and 
and uh, and teach cheap guitar lessons and then I'd buy gear and crappy gear most of it but whatever I needed to get something done and I would just get in those two little rooms with my mat on the floor and I would make stuff and I made several records in high school most of which are terrible but <laughs> one of which like so the next new day part one and two okay bit, um, so I actually recorded those songs when I was 16 you did yeah Really, um, those n- are not the ones that you hear on the oh, record. Okay, I, I re-recorded really them. Good yeah, I re-recorded <laughs> them for this record because they became relevant to my life again. I wrote, I wrote it as a poem. Like it was one of the first times it was like almost like automatic writing. Like it came to me, and it was like this is when I started to realize, like you know, that I'm like not that I wasn't like normal in terms of how normal was presented to me you know yeah and like i went upstairs and my dad's on the couch watching the tv and my mom's and you know cooking and my sister's reading and and i find myself in my room like automatic writing some crazy shit like chicken scratch and then it's like four pages and i read it back and it's the lyrics to that song and there's three there's two more parts that i'm going to record eventually but really so it keeps going but um and that's from that one day it was like 20 minutes of just scribbling and i didn't know what it meant when it came out and it became relevant to my life later. It was like, it was telling the story of something that happened to me in my 20s. And it was like, um, and so no shit. I see it as almost like a resonance through like time, like moving like backwards, I like the reverse saying. causality or something. Yeah. It's like a really weird thing. I know and, what you mean, yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. And it's always possible that it, inf- that it came from my unconscious. My unconscious knew what it needed to do in its 20s to individuate in terms of like jumping into the like psychedelic ocean or whatever and then losing touch with being a person and then coming back it's like right and it was a a kind of an awful experience and the song is a warning against doing that it's like don't do that but of course you do the warning you do the thing that the myth tells you not to do that's like the like first rule about myths you know they say don't open the don't open pandora's box like what are you gonna do you're gonna open pandora's box of course. First thing you're going to do is I'm going to don't jump in the psychedelic ocean. Don't you know? that well, what the fuck? I want to see the bottom. Like, I want to see the very bottom. All I can think of when you were telling me that story is uh, that movie Interstellar with Matthew yeah. McConaughey. Are you sure it wasn't your future self in a, like, a library bookshelf? Just like yeah, Morris Code to not do whatever it was you were doing? It's probably what it okay, was. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right, and so I probably fucked it all up, dude. You're a future astronaut. You don't even know it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, probably, yeah I'll probably end up stuck behind the shelves and yeah that's crazy what did that feel like when you were writing it down like <clears throat> frenzied and confusing yeah and um a little manic a little manic so crazy. yeah a little like a and that that what, what are those songs that uh you you wrote it those lyrics into what'd you say they were the next new day part one and two the next new day part one and two all right yeah i'll yeah. check it out and then i know the backstory that's pretty wild yeah uh, it's kind of a fun little story i thought it was like uh my when i when i saw the when i saw the title and i was listening to it i was like this sounds like uh, somebody is trying to uh, recreate the the feeling of the day after, like a psychedelic trip or something. Yeah, that's yeah. what it felt like. Is it's like I don't know, like like just this born again kind of feeling, but also very uh, kind of uncomfortable and I don't know, dissociating. You know what I mean? Damn, dude. Yeah, you. Yeah, you penetrated the. Right, right to the heart of that song that's that's pretty much where it's coming from cool yeah. all right well there that's you go awesome, kids man, yeah <laughs> thanks man yeah man shit thanks um, for listening to it like that that it's a, it's it's, it's an cool. interest it's an interesting 
time for for me to have heard the song just in like my, my personal life as well so yeah. i think that's why it kind of stuck out the way that it did i was like okay this is kind of like hitting me in a certain way so Sick. it's a really good song man honestly i mean thanks, but man. i mean both of them it's just like, thanks man yeah that's cool to hear that's really cool to hear what uh what caught my attention wow. or how we even met was uh when i saw you at the film festival when you're playing for the blue jay and i don't know we were just talking outside but for everybody else whatever yeah yeah totally <laughs> let's so have let's, let's, let's do it again like i used to be like yeah, so now you're on camera, so you can repeat things. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'll anyway. t- look tell the story again. But, uh, uh, yeah, you were playing, uh, um, God damn it, I can't remember it, but it's such a good uh, title name. It's the one about magma or lava and your veins. Oh, Molten Lead, Time for Bed. <laughs> molten Lead, Time for Bed. You played that song, and I just thought it was the coolest phrase ever because it's in 10-4, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, you were trying to do that on a pedal a yeah pedal and i was like how is he pulling this off this is ridiculous yeah that i pulled it off that time i did it in north carolina a couple of weeks ago and just totally fucked didn't it work <laughs> yeah, yeah totally <laughs> fucked it. and i just stopped it i was like i'm just gonna do this regularly right now because i did yeah. i was like that guy holy fuck that guy's good like really really good and so uh, we, we met off uh, and talked at, at the festival yeah. for just a minute and everything like that but then i yeah it was like did a little more deep dive and i'm like holy you got words and everything like i didn't know what to expect but yeah Thanks, Billy. So, uh, uh, so normally the progression of what I do with, with the show is that like I kind of will ask you about like you know your earlier stuff, and then I'll go. I'll kind of do like a like a timeline, but I'm I do want to get to some of the like to to uh, try. I, I want to get to Trash Panda and all that stuff, but I'm I'm really curious about what you're doing right now, also, and I think that people would be uh, you know it'd be wise to let people know early on in the episode. I'm curious as what your creative process is like and, you know, are, are you doing everything yourself? Um, a lot of things, um, <clears throat> pretty much everything. I, 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 and the thing about that is, like, the reason I started doing everything myself is partly, cause, partly because I find it all intriguing and enjoy it all, but also partly out of necessity because I never had money growing up. And never like my parents were supportive emotionally and with their like time and their eardrums, but like, um, but in terms of you know just the expenses of like getting recorded, and what I wanted was recordings. Like I've always been obsessed, and so I got started out of necessity and have continued out of necessity because like, you know we tend to operate at whatever margins we have, right? And and my margins are slim. Um, yeah, shout out Corey Kilgannon for that slim margins album coming out. Um, <coughs> is, that, but, is that his album coming out soon? Yeah. Oh, nice. We have to get him too. on the show too, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a really good one. Um, I love that record. Anyway, um, but yeah, so my margins are slim, so I end up doing everything myself. Um, but I do get help from um, from friends and from mentors in my life. Um, and so, like Aaron up at the greenhouse in Atlanta, he's helped me out a lot on the Orphic right, like he just like, he would sit down with me in the studio. He helped me, he mixed really, well like I mixed and then he summed and like sweetened Snakes. So Snakes like has Aaron's touch on it and like it sounds fucking good. And and he helped with that and then, so that became the like blueprint, that became the like test single of that album and I just began to like, what I learned from him for that, I I used on the rest of the record and and he, um, so he's, he's a really cool, friend and mentor and um <clears throat> on the new stuff like landon just did some pedal steel on one of my tunes yesterday that okay. i'm really stoked about so howdy um and because he's my next door neighbor as well this is a whole thing with like 
so yeah, we all live in one musician complex yeah we do kind of <laughs> it's like nice. it's a few of us it's me and Kara Corey and Landon and my roommate Nikki um, um, and Nikki's a professional poker player but obviously the rest of us are in the music business in some way or another and so there's three apartments two and two and then Kara's above me um, that's awesome it's awesome <laughs> it's so yeah, much man. fun that's what, how I ended up here yeah. what a creative environment to just constantly be in yeah yeah. It's really cool to be able to bounce stuff off each other and to be able to go and, and hear what all of us are working on. And, and I'm, I, I recorded um, um, Howdy's last couple of songs and, and this new one coming out um, like next week. Um, so we recorded that in my apartment and his apartment. So, um, so we get to just work together all the time, which is awesome. It's like insane to me when I listen to this when I listen to the album that, that it's mostly recorded at home yeah so and the, the drums too is that recorded no the drums on the Orphic Rite were recorded at the greenhouse and at my uh, drummer Paul's house depending on the songs okay um, and so the greenhouse Atlanta is a studio it's in a house but it's a legit studio Aaron's got that place decked out he's got amazing gear so that that album is a slingerling kit with like 12 mics on it oh, and like yeah. a really nice room with a bunch of rugs everywhere gotcha and so that those sounds on that record are i mean they're studio sounds i was gonna say because that's yeah. always always a dead giveaway to me on like a on like a home produced yeah. record or like a self-produced well, record if you listen to the drums Led, the version i put out i recorded those in my living room on my little like shitty ludwig kit my like it's not shitty but it's small the um I got a little breakbeats kit, and and so on on that song I recorded it in the living room at my apartment, and it, they just don't sound as good. I don't think. I mean, they I ended up getting a pretty good sound. Yeah. And they still sound like studio drums, but also I'm playing them, and I'm just gonna criticize them like crazy because I don't normally play my own drums. But sorry, I'm. No, no, not at all, man. It's uh, that's it's. So I would have to go back and listen to it just as a reference because I don't remember exactly what the drum sound was on that one. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, that is always a dead giveaway with drums. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so, uh, and just everything that you're that you're that you're getting on on the record, like the attention to detail on the production stuff. Uh, uh, the the first song, or not not it's not it's more of just introduction, and like the the like the dripping water sounds and like the the soundscape that you created, like. I don't. It, it, I know what goes into like, you know, getting it, getting that kind of. I don't know what I'm trying to say with it. It's aesthetic. like, yeah, that aesthetic, like just creating that kind of a vibe and like making it all sound so perfect, where nothing sounds like it cuts off too early. Or there's not, or not, nothing's dragging on too long, where it's like you know, kind of bleeding into something else. Like there's a lot of like attention to detail. That it's trying to say you might have made the perfect record. Uh, yeah, I, well, I doubt that, but it took two years. It took I mean, two years, took two and, and that's. But it's also crazy to me that, that it's you produced most of it, right? So well, you had some help from from friends, but mostly you produced it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah, that album. By the time it was over, I pretty, I, I, I'm, yeah, the album that you hear, I mixed and mastered. And you mastered um, it too, wow. Yeah, Aaron uh, and I used. I mastered. If you listen real close. About half the songs are mastered to, to quarter-inch tape and half are not. Because I mastered them all to tape and then re-digitized it. And then some of them I was like, this sounds great. Some of them I was like, nah, I don't like that. So it's like half of it's tape and half of it's not if you listen really close. Okay. Which is kind of funny. But you'll hear them when, you, when you, they come on. Yeah. <laughs> they come on. You. I see and you're like, oh, that's tape. I did notice you know? some of that too. I, th I thought that was just more of like 
like like a creative choice to be honest with you it was in the end but, yeah but yeah it was just part of the mastering process i was like this these work and these don't some of them just got crushed to hell or the tape machine was being moody and it was like sk- 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 giving me some so hang on you recorded this on tape uh, uh no i, I like i would master some of it to tape you mastered but it. i recorded it digitally oh, okay, okay okay yeah no was, it's like if i recorded that album with that sound to tape I'd have to really like. No, I know. I I, I don't know how that would even be possible. Yeah, it'd be very, expensive very record. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. for everybody else and me uh, listening, I w- so what do you mean by you you mastered it to tape? I don't understand what that means. Really, just like bounce it onto a tape machine. Wow. Okay. And then just like rip it back off the tape machine. Why would you do Record that? it back in. There's a sound that comes with tape. It's just like a warmer. It's like a little, like listening to vinyl versus like a CD or something. You know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, just I never yeah. would have thought of doing something like that. It just adds a little bit of that. Um, just adds a little saturation, a little natural compression, a little like some noise. This you is know. real, real tricky. Quite. What kind of tape? What do you like? Like just like just on like quarter inch tape. Like you know, like uh, I've got like the seventies Akai tape machine. Like a reel to reel sort of thing. Yeah, reel to reel. Oh, okay. And okay, um, okay. and it's one of the small ones, so it's like pretty lo-fi, really. Yeah, that's so far back in time to do that. Is that what normal bands do? No? No, not anymore, really. I mean, it, <laughs> I you can. A lot of bands do it. I think so. Yeah. I, think, yeah. That, I just never thought that was a process that you could you could do it. So so you mass, you mix it on and uh, bounce it digitally, record it onto tape, and then take it back in digitally. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like almost reverse filtering it or something. Yeah, that's kind, it, it kind of is just like filtering it. it. I, I get why you do it now to make it sound like it's not on a computer. But do you, can you really, really tell the difference between those two uh, mediums? Yeah, yeah, you can tell. I want to, I want to try this tell. now. This is very, yeah. very interesting because they have virtual tape, you know, plugins, and yeah. and people use them all the time, and I use them all the time, and I'll use them, and they're very, they tend to be pretty subtle. But then, um, but when I break out the real tape machine, the, you know, it's quarter inch tape, so it's like small, so it's lo-fi and it's like not subtle. I mean, it depends on how you hit it and like, you know, what you're, what signal you're put, pushing onto the tape, but it like, it'll, it'll add some weird shit. To, it'll, it'll, it'll show you what you've got as well. It'll like, what comes back off the tape shows you something about your mix too. So I, I often learn from it as well. Hey everyone, just want to take a second to talk to you about one of our favorite music venues, Blue Jay Listening Room. Blue Jay is a space for true music lovers where every ticket is a backstage pass. Silence your cell phones, enjoy a nice glass of wine or craft beer, and be part of an intimate experience unlike anywhere else in Jacksonville. Hear national and local artists sing their original songs and share the stories behind them in a space carefully curated for the premier show-going experience. I personally have seen some of my favorite shows here, as well as having played in some of my heroes. Not only is Blue Jay a wonderfully unique experience, it has become a staple in the Florida music scene. Mention Bottom of the Bill on your next visit and receive 10% off your tab. Blue Jay is located at 2457 3rd Street South, Jacksonville Beach, and be sure to check out www.bluejayjacks.com for news, ticketing, and events. Like, I mean, you can obviously tell from all your experimenting with uh, uh, sonically or whatever you want to say. Like that, that definitely is an artistic sonic choice t- to use. Yeah. It's just I never, never would have thought it'd be like, you know what? Let's let's filter this again through like a forty <laughs> at this point, like fifty year old medium, and then <laughs> and then bring it back so everybody can hear it again. But if it works, it works. I had no idea. 
that you could do that. And it doesn't always work. That's why it's half the album. Not the <laughs> okay, <whole thing>. right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. but I put some like lyric videos on YouTube, and the ones that are on there, um, they've just got the tape machine playing the track back, and then they've got like lyrics put over it. Is and there so, like a, a word for that process? Uh, Mixed to tape? Is that what you said? Like bouncing to tape or mastering tape, so mastering weird. to tape. It's like, or just, I don't know, recording it to tape. I don't know, just record it. Just record that digital signal and then re-digitize it. I mean, it's completely insane and you don't need to do it, but it's just something I'm obsessed, man. I'm just obsessed. I can yeah. tell. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're both like, you know, a little bit of audio files ourselves. And I'm just like, I want to fucking try that and see what happens. Do it. Try it with cassette too. Cassette's fucking yummy, dude. <laughs> yeah. the, o- the only thing I got close <laughs> to doing anything like this is I have a boombox and I had a 1985 Dodge Dynasty and it would only take tapes and that's it so yeah, I would burn uh, CDs and then it would record onto cassettes yeah. on there, and then I would move it onto there and I liked it just because but I don't know why I liked it I'm like I got a fucking a tape <laughs> of like the 2000's best hits right now that Dude, like, you can get good. on a tape that's hilarious. That I, I did. I went back in time and did it for a friend. It's like, no one makes mixtapes anymore. I'm like, I know how to do it real quick, actually. I don't, know how, I don't <laughs> have to sit there and like record the whole time. You do have to put the CD on there and then record and then just walk away for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all real time, so I miss, I miss ma- making tapes and stuff like that back in the day. I always hated doing that shit. Yeah, also, I guess maybe for uh, even younger viewers that never had had all the options available for ringtones nowadays but i used to do that oh I guess yeah maybe that's close because you're 31 you said yeah yeah we're 32 so like we're yeah. the same age right so yeah like yeah at some point in time you were in a in a car near a radio with your like phone ready to go and then be like oh the song's on and then you can record it so that's yeah. your ringtone yeah definitely did that for yeah, sure we, yeah we, we struggled back in the yes. day <laughs> big time <laughs> Try to get our fucking ringtone on the cell phone. Yeah, it was a real struggle. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> um, so is there, like, a, a message or, or something that you're trying to convey with, with the music on this album? Uh, there's not a message I want to convey to other people, per se. This album was so reflective for me, man. I put a lot of just, like, personal transformation and questioning into this album. It was... I mean, it was honestly so, so personal that if I hadn't spent two years and a bunch of energy and I wasn't broke, I probably wouldn't have released it at all. But like, I was like, I put so much energy into this album, like, I better release it. But, um, but that's also why I've probably been sabotaging it the whole time. <laughs> it's so personal. Like, um, it's a lot of transformation. So the metaphor, the idea of the cult of Sedna, it has something to do with like this period of my life where I was getting in touch with... Um, the dark feminine, I guess, in myself, like, just like, this angry, like, vengeful, hurt goddess, or whatever, this, this, like, the feminine part of the soul that had been trampled, and that's true for a lot of us, and so Sedna is an Inuit goddess, whose story is very sad, she was basically just, like, treated like crap by her father, and by the man that her father gave her to, she ends up at the bottom of the, of the, uh, of the sea, and the Inuit shaman's job is to go down to the bottom of the sea and comb, brush her hair, brush her hair to comfort her, so, to calm the seas and to bring, you know, a good, um, you know, a good catch of fish. Um, and, um, and, I, and so also in 2003, there was this planet, Sedna, this little tiny planet that had been 
It's been super far away in the solar system. It's been coming in just close enough that they got a glimpse of it in, in 2003. And it's, um, it's part of our solar system, but it's on this wild orbit. And, it's, and, really? it's, and it goes super far out and it's a very elliptical orbit and it's like <laughs> off axis from the rest of the solar system. So this little planet Sedna, the fact that it's moving closer during the 2000s at the same time when everyone's like, you know, everyone's like inflamed about, you know, the divine feminine and how it's, you know, been hurt or how it needs to be, you know, reintegrated. And, and you know, people have all their opinions about that, <clears throat> about ways of doing that and what, how it needs to manifest in society. But for me, it was just really personal because I had been through a certain amount of like <sighs> confusion, like social confusion and betrayal in, in the few years before that, that it caused me to really like feel, there was just a lot in me that was just broken and I was just so lost. And that album was just this reflective process of like dealing with it all and trying to remember who I am. And so that album is really, <laughs> really personal yeah um but I, I i then i kind of like hit it in this like dime novel sci-fi thing right so it's like so it feels like i wanted i did the intro and everything because I, I wanted it i was like well you know this story's personal to me but to everyone else like i hope it's entertaining and i wanted to put it in this kind of like because i like that kind of like shitty sci-fi aesthetic like and I, yeah and yeah. i just wanted to throw it in this like dime novel paperback setting and it's like oh look there's like a cult of the goddess and it's being like you know there's a transmission from the planet like itself that's like identified psychically with the goddess and there's this and so I wanted that you know but the concept of the album did not start at the beginning it was at the end and so the process of uncovering the album was entirely just dealing with my unconscious I see so the entire process of making the album I was like I don't know what the fuck I'm making or why I'm alive or like what I'm doing, but I'm fucking broke and unhappy. <laughs> yeah. And I have to do whatever I'm doing and I don't know why. And that's how it felt yeah. for two years. Um, that's how it felt, I have to do this and I don't know why and I don't know what it is that I'm doing. So many things happened. My, um, my childhood home was unoccupied for a while. I was living in Atlanta, just two and a half hours west of Augusta where I grew up. My childhood home in Augusta was unoccupied for a while my mom had moved out of it there's nothing in it and I was going through a lot this is the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic it's the winter and my grandmother was in the hospital so I left Atlanta I came home set up my gear in my childhood home it was abandoned I just was pulling shit out of the woods and starting fires every night and doing weird rituals in there and like just like you know like I was recording in there I'd go out and just like smoke mugwort on the porch every night and like it was like a just winter, you know, and I was just, um, and that's where I recorded like Satyabop and a couple of the songs on the album, but it, <clears throat> this was in my childhood home. So there's just so much going on that was just really personal at that time. And I was really unhappy and I wasn't playing shows and like the band had fallen apart and like, you know, and I was 29 and I was just like, I'm fucking lost. Yeah, that's how the album came together. <laughs> To be honest, yeah, that's I where mean, it came from, and and it's just falling into that, like being lost, and like it was just like I don't know how to say it, man, but it was it fell into a really deep place. Yeah, well, so it's pretty amazing that you you were able to kind of utilize that time for something productive, right? Because a lot of people go into like these self destructive. There may have been some self destructive behavior, I'm sure, but 
you were able to kind of create this thing out of that. And a lot of people go through traumatic situations and they're not productive at all. You yeah. know, they let it completely consume their lives and nothing comes of the, of the consumption. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, not just sounds like you did create this amazing product and it's, uh, um, I mean, it's really the whole thing from beginning to end is just an experience for sure. Thanks man. Uh, so whatever you were going through, I think it's definitely, there's definitely like something there that's conveyed through it. Like you can feel it when you're listening to it, you know? That's really cool to hear, man. Yeah. That's really cool to hear. <clears throat> yeah. Um, wow. Uh, there's, there's another aspect of it. And I, I wanted to ask you about, uh, um, trash panda as well, because, uh, the streaming numbers are all like really good on, on all these things. I'm curious as to what you've done to be able to do that. Because Whoa. as we know, it's not just being good at what you do that gets you th those numbers, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know what it is because we're bigger now than we were when we were together. Really? <laughs> yeah. No yeah. It's been three years since we broke up. Uh, and we just hit our highest monthly listeners of all time yesterday. So like 14,000 or something. No, we have 200,000 monthly 200, listeners. 200,000. No, you have 14,000 yeah, on yeah. your... Okay, right. Yeah, something Jesus like that. Jesus fucking Christ. <clears throat> but, the, but we <laughs> just had... And so yeah. yesterday... Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really thankful for it. It's amazing. It is confusing, and I don't know... Yeah, because you haven't, you haven't been in the band for three years, or it's, yeah. it's dissolved, and so... Yeah, you know, hasn't, we haven't like been doing been anything. that for three years. No. <laughs> so all right, so before we do... God damn it! <laughs> so, so, so trying to dude, break all the fucking... Figure out how to do it. Dude, yeah, we're always trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I can't figure it out. That's another thing that's, like, plaguing me. It's like, how do I make... You know, I, I, the chances of me making this project as big as that one are, like... Who knows? Just infinitesimally small. Just dude. It's just not likely. It's just like it was weird it fucking luck, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got like we we got we went viral. I was just like a baby. In internally, I was a baby. I was twenty six or whatever. But I was not. I was. I didn't know. We were just making records in our basement, and then um, <laughs> and then we went viral, and it was like okay. Um, what do we do now? Like, we're not ready for that. We don't have anything. We barely have gear. Like we had like, I was using like a, I made that whole first EP with like a little interface, my little like shitty garage built together Squire Jazzmaster, one amp, a couple of pedals. And uh, my buddies like thrown together drum kit in our little house that we rented in North of Atlanta. And, and then it went viral and we were just like, what would we do now? So we found my, my, my other friend from college um, from before. He was back. He was living in Atlanta again. And, he, and, and so I asked him to play bass for us. And we started playing a few shows here and there. But we were never that big. And I acquired a shit ton of debt while we were together. And I was, I was, it was just, my 20s were hard, man. Like, they were just terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, like, good things were happening. But, like, my actual personal affairs were never together. Right. And, like, life was just, like, really insecure and my relationships were rocky and I didn't understand anything that was going on around me. I was just confused for the entire decade. And that includes the time that, that trash panda was together. And, um, so no, I'm still really confused about all that. I don't know. I don't know why that music is still, cause we know we haven't done anything to promote it since then, but we were working neurotically hard at the time to get it, to make it big. And then became so miserable that it's like, let's leave it all behind. And now, three years later, it's bigger than it ever was then. And, um, and it's mostly just because of, of Atlanta Girls, which is a catchy song. And it's also the bane of my existence. And it pays my rent. And it's an awesome 
quagmire of a strange fucking thing that happened. Almost 8 million streams on that one. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah, just, congrats. Uh, Spotify's weird, man. I did, yeah, I did see, well, in your, in your bio and then also on uh, Instagram and stuff about that song and about that, uh, I don't know if it was a, that song. Was it Atlanta Girls that was on the spot, Spotify Top 50? So you didn't... Oh, no, it was uh, Giuseppe. Giuseppe, that's right. That was the first right. song that was like, and that made no sense either. Yeah. I think it was because we mentioned Trump in the song before the election in oh. 2016. Do you think it was just really timely. Why? I dude, I think that's partially why. I think it was catchy. I mean, it's not it's not until the last verse that we mentioned him, and it wasn't even a very scathing mention. Like it wasn't very like. What'd you say about Donnie? Dude, not much at all. It was just just basically implied that he does cocaine. Yeah, and that's for sure true, though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's a given. But so that wasn't controversial, and um, also just like implied that he's not trustworthy, which is also not controversial. Yeah. So um, I don't know why that song went viral either. I, I literally have no idea. Everything about that was confusing. But for people listening, it was like right underneath the, the weekend. weekend. Yeah, for a, for a little bit. Played the fucking halftime in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. Pretty big deal. I just, so you didn't even submit it or anything like that? Some that didn't ha- that didn't exist back then. I didn't think so. Yeah, they could it was in 2015. Yeah. Is 2016. 2016 and the one that went viral wasn't even on, like, we didn't release it as a single. We released it, our friends released it for us under their compilation. Okay. A, a couple of uh, friends, the Pussy Willows and, um, and um, Andy Killed the Popstar, and I produced their music as well in Atlanta. And so they were like, hey, let's release y'all song, Giuseppe, because we hadn't released anything yet. And we're like, let's release three of our songs as a compilation. And then it just happened that Giuseppe hit for d- no reason that I can tell. Oh my God. And so it literally, that like changed my life forever. Yeah, and dude. I still don't understand it. Just rub you for good luck. The internet's you really don't fucking have any weird. Yeah. I have <laughs> no clue, dude. And I drive a Hyundai that's breaking down and yeah. like my life is like not together, dude. Yeah. Like my life is not together. Like I'll I fucking, honest. my life in Atlanta fell apart last year and I fucking, I went in the desert for two months and I landed at the beach, man. Like yeah. my life has been like, not in my own hands, man. It's, <laughs> yeah. I've been floating, dude. So I can't take credit for any of it. I don't know how any of it happened. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. That's, that's fucking hey, wild, yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, at least it did happen. But then your other, your other song off of, uh, uh, oh my God, I just forgot, Sedna, uh, uh, so the coldest Sedna is uh, uh, Snakes, and that's almost got a million plays right now. Yeah, so that, that yeah, one, yeah. Though. And that's almost been, see, I released that the same year that our band broke up. Yeah. So that's been almost three years. So okay. it's taken a while to gather plays, and none of the other songs have caught up to like getting a lot. So I'm, I'm actually in a, I'm not. I have found amazing, like, happiness within myself because for three years nothing I've done has worked, and now I have found all this great fucking solid ass joy within <laughs> myself because nothing for three years is, everything worked for no reason for two years. But my life was miserable. Now nothing's working, and I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so I, I I have no lessons for I have no understanding well, of this no, life. There's definitely a, 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 some sort of lesson to be learned in there. It's yeah, just, I mean that is the lesson. It's is like, like yeah. yeah, don't I mean like Julius Caesar, Caesar don't be ambitious. Like that's yeah, the end exactly. Of it. Dude, just, yeah, like, yeah Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, man, there you just go. Control what you can control. Like. Well, that so yeah. There's a, there's an interesting aspect about that. I wouldn't. I, although we were halfway joking, I wouldn't say that the lack of ambition is what uh, what would make you. Uh, happier but there's definitely an aspect of submitting to a to a scenario 
and just kind of allowing it to do what it's going to do. Yeah. And then like, you know, it's a, it's the same thing yeah. when you, when you go through like a psychedelic experience, it's, you know, when you, when you experience like those ego deaths, yeah. there's this, there's this natural resistance. It's your ego literally trying to keep itself together and saying, Hey, fuck you. This is, this is a poison and I'm not going to let it take me over. And that's when things get real bad, right? Like all of a sudden those panic, like the, you get panicky, you mm-hmm. start to forget like mm-hmm. what, your thoughts and that you all this sh- crazy shit that can go wrong. Uh, but then as soon as you just like realize that you cannot control the thing anymore and you just submit to it, that's when it becomes the greatest experience of your life. And I mean <laughs> that kids do LSD once. <laughs> yeah. We're looking for sponsors, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Don't do LSD. Well, what else? If but it calls you. Yeah, you calls what you. do you always say about luck? preparation and opportunity to meet yeah absolutely yeah, that's true too and it wasn't like what you put out was garbage and then you just got lucky no that no, no. it was years and years of failure before that too sure so yeah it's like but the, building the, on the it. stuff that got picked up and at, yeah. at viral as you say it was it was good it was very good that's that's the thing you know it's like that uh, there's I was listening to it on the ride home from from best buy today actually i was Sick, like dude. this is fucking great <laughs> yeah <Sick. Awesome. laughs> windows down everything no ac it's the only way I can listen to music, but yeah, <laughs> right. It's <laughs> good. Um, so let's uh, trash panda. Where does that name come from? Um, Are you kidding me? That came well. So all right. So we lived. We lived. <laughs> yeah, bro. I know. <laughs> we lived in Roswell, like kind of in the woods, north of Atlanta at the time. And on our porch, we would just basically we were just fucking. We'd sit around, watch TV, and smoke dabs, and like just fuck around. Like I was teaching. I was teaching music at the time, and I had been through. A, um, a series of film relationships and so like i was just in a period of my life where i was like fuck it man like i was like i i, I used to want to like be something and 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 then so trash panda came started with no ambition which is cool so it started as it should with no ambition so it started um just like yeah point is sitting <laughs> sitting watching tv smoking dabs like a bunch of shitheads raccoons would just like come up to the windows and watch like tv with us and and they just hang out and 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 they would they got in the drywall of the house and they were like scaring around in the house and like uh, it was this wooden house in in, in, uh, north of atlanta and um (laughs) you know i don't know so so the raccoon and i also felt kind of spiritually like connected to the raccoon because the raccoon is literally just digging through the trash trying to make it by and that's kind of how i felt with my life i was like okay i'm like digging through the trash making it by with my life because like everything you know like these relationships i've you know tried to create and maintain didn't work out for me um for various reasons and um and so the trajectory that i kept seeing my life going just kept getting obliterated over and over again which is natural and we all go through that um, and, and, and so at that point I felt like, you know, well, cool. Uh, I'm digging through the trash and I'm gonna try to make songs out of it. I also had a seizure that year. So I had brain surgery back in like 2010. Oh, no I shit. I had like a brain infection. I pretty much died. I was unconscious for three days. And wow. at the end of that, <clears throat> um, yeah, I had emergency brain surgery. So I woke up in the hospital like, um, and Anyway, several years later, I had a couple of seizures. So the, the doctors put me on the seizure medication, which made me dissociate. And so I became incredibly just like, just life was really dark. And uh, man, um, 
And so that was another thing that was on my mind. So when I wrote Off, the song Off, which is actually the first song we recorded, um, and we recorded that before coming up with the name Trash Panda or anything, but that song is really what birthed the name Trash Panda because I was like thinking about, you know, what is that song about? Um, the lyrics to that song are crazy. And, um, you know, chalk it up, baby, to a tacit haze. Run me through a grocery of childish phases. Cover up my mouth with greasy hands. Chew and swallow pills are straight from Satan's cabinet. Swear to God I've spent a lifetime building habits. Swallow down the hard stuff before it's chewed. And that's obviously about emotions. You know, you swallow down the hard stuff and just like, because you got to keep going with your life before it's chewed. So I was just, all this grief was building in me. And so I was just, you know, and it's taken me years to come up to realize that, but all this grief was building in me. And so these songs were coming out of, just out of straight, just, you know, pain. So it's the trash can of my life. I was digging out to get these songs, you know. And so Trash Panda, literally all the songs on all the, on both albums are from the trash can of my life. Like they're not how I see myself at my best. They're like from the places, like they're from the things that hurt the most, you know. Right. And that's where, that's where that name comes from gotcha that's that's really cl clever actually yeah. yeah i like it yeah um and you said that it, uh in the bio you said that it it uh was started off as a, as like a home kind of studio project like you weren't yeah. trying did you have a band together for it initially or it was mm. just going to be like a, like an artist name kind mm. of thing so in the first on the first um ep it was just those were just my songs and i asked my roommate um to play drums on them and that was how Trash Panda was born. And then we we um, got my buddy to play bass later, so he's playing bass on the second album. Um, and on Heartbreak Pearl Star, we switched. So on that song, he's playing guitar, I play bass. Um, but on um, on the first album, I was I played all the bass on that album. Oh wow! So it's like, um, so it's, yeah, just me and Mitch for that first EP. Wow. That was 2015 when we made that. So that's been a while now, six years ago. What was? Uh, why did you decide to? Uh, make it like a band and, and like a gigging thing it just appealed to my heart i wanted to be i didn't want to be alone yeah that's really it okay i don't know i just didn't want to be alone <laughs> i mean <laughs> no. i'm getting really honest with you yeah guys, no that's that's kind of why i just didn't want to be alone doing it yeah i mean there's definitely an aspect of of creating that i think is more satisfying when you're doing with other people yeah. you know especially uh it can be yeah, it can be like a, it can be a vulnerable thing, you know. Absolutely. So uh, there's there's an aspect of that, especially you know whatever you were going through at the time. I'm sure there was like you know that was like a necessity, you know. Um, how did that change the dynamic of of the project or you know, or creatively? Did it take it in a different direction when you started adding uh, different people? Creatively, it was really fun, man. It was really fun. Like yeah, it, I really enjoyed. Because um, it's just a trio, so the three of us, like, we had a lot of fun making the music. That the, the most fun part was making the music. And then right. once we started, like, treating it like a business, it went sour quick, as it usually does. Because it's just not what it's about, man. It never is about that. And um, But, man, yeah, the three of us together making music was really fun. I miss it. Yeah. I miss it. Were yeah. you guys touring at all? Not really. No. We, we, we did a little bit. Um, I've never been much into touring. I, and playing live, I like doing, but it drains me a lot, so... I haven't, um, I don't do as much of it as, as, uh, as I probably should. 
I do enjoy it. I, I love the like hour where you're on stage. Yeah. Every fucking other thing can go. Like, yeah. yeah. Every fucking other thing. I love that hour when you're on the stage though. That's really nice and really fun. And I love connecting with like an audience and I love creating music and I love making sound, but like every other goddamn thing <laughs> can just go. Like, yeah. It can know. go because it can be a lot of fun too. I tell you what, it can. You got to You. I need to learn from you, man. You need to teach me, Billy. Uh, it's just you gotta. You gotta learn how to play poker. Yes. <laughs> sure. Well, my roommate's a professional poker player, so I'm go. in good you play hands. Poker with not good people. Otherwise, that is not fun. No. Yeah. And then I would learn how to <laughs> sleep uh, uh, next to another man in bed. Yeah. Without moving. Okay, so you're talking about touring. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm cool with touring. Oh, yeah, I'm totally cool with touring. Yeah, when I say the other stuff, I just mean like. Oh, all the, all the things before you go on tour and the, the, all the promotions. And yeah, there's, you know, yeah, that kind media. of stuff. That oh, kind yeah. of stuff. The business that's, stuff is what I don't like. I like the actual being on tour. That's fun, too. And I've done a little bit of that. No, that's very yeah. interesting to me that you say that because uh, uh, one of the questions I had for you was about your social media presence on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I, you, you treat all, every single one of your posts like it's a freaking song or like an album or something like that. They're all <laughs> extremely creative. Thanks. And like, uh, like it, it just seems like that just that in itself you're creating something too it's not just like thanks, hey thanks. pick me in, at the beach or whatever it's like you read poetry or, 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 or uh, everything that you do like the, thanks. there was a couple of ones that I saw on Instagram where it was uh, uh, you playing music but it was just like it looked like it was like glitter in a in syrup or something like okay, that okay I'd love to talk about that I would too because yeah. I was just like what is that like you just like made it's like a, it's not a um, it's not like an effect or anything you were just like filming something I have no idea what it was but it was cool as shit Okay, I'm really glad you asked about that, actually. I've, I've never gotten the chance to, to talk about that with anyone, but a couple of friends here and there. Yeah. That was cool. That's Braxis, and that's a music video. And we, I filmed it during quarantine with, um, with my, um, my former partner. We were um, living in Atlanta last year, and, um, and she helped me out with this project. I, I spent, oh, man, I spent a long time putting layers of video together yeah. and I wanted to project it on bathtub bubbles. So it's bubbles in a bathtub okay, right. and it's a projector and, and um, which one of us was holding which? I can't remember. She might've been holding, I think she was holding the projector. It was a handheld. She was holding a projector over the bathtub and I'm holding the camera and I had created a, um, like with like hundreds of layers of video, just like composited video, this like, I say hundreds of layers. It probably wasn't hundreds. It was probably dozens of layers of video matched to the song. And I'd made the little stop motion of the skull, which is a skull that I like. I've got this little model skull and I painted on it and I just thought it'd be cool to like, so I took a little stop motion thing of it and matched it up with the words and put that in the video. And then, so, you know, you know, so it's all one big composited video that is then projected onto bathtub bubbles. And that's what that's it is. Super cool. And the idea, so a, a Braxis is the Gnostic god of everything, basically the entire really universe. Santana. Oh, is it? Start to finish is one of the best albums of all time. God damn. It's not that's actually. Where it's... Is. Don't listen to oh opinion. yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait. What's what? Oye Komova. Oye Komova is on it. Black Magic One. Iron then. Butterfly. Which one? Oh no. Think of the me? Iron Butterfly one. No, not Iron Butterfly. No, no Santana. Oh, Santana. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Iron Butterfly. Oh, what did Iron Butterfly do? Uh, copy Led Zeppelin to the T? 
<laughs> I don't even know who they are. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, yeah. All right, all right. So it's Santana. It's Santana. No, let's go back to the, the, the bubbles. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so Abraxas is like the Gnostic god of like the universe, like uh, the way I think of it. And, and like Carl Jung had a bunch of shit to say about it as well. I'm not qualified to actually talk about Abraxas, but in my interactions with, in my weird like psychedelic moments of like, you know, quasi apotheosis or whatever you experience when you're like, I'm everything, you know, yeah. that, you know, that, that experience, you know, that I equate that with like Abraxas and it's like, so you're everything. You're the dark and the light. You're the violent and the peaceful, you know, you're all that shit. And that's what that song's about. But also, and you think about like, you know, the bathtub bubbles I thought were fun because you think about these like bubble universes and like just exploding and then so projecting like basically a hall, like, you know, like a, into bubbles creates almost like a hologram because it takes on like new dimension it takes like three dimensions and so i just i thought it was kind of a magical act to project these layers of video into actual physical bubbles because like there's this analog thing going on like when you bring like physical material into like a like marry a digital medium and a physical material together that's magic in some way because it's like pure information like pure mind with like matter as well right and you're like marrying them together so it's projecting light into the tub to me was like magic you know and so i was all manic about it I was like let's do this like yeah <laughs> and so we did it and it looks awesome yeah um really i cool. think it's cool i mean i think it's cool I do that's too. all i care about really yeah <laughs> I look at all this stuff, but it's just like yeah it seems like are you an artist by any means like do you draw or do anything besides that i'm a terrible like visual artist well, terrible you're not though because everything that you're doing on social media it looks like it and i'm not trying to be weird it looks like a piece of art like thanks and it looks like some sort of thing that could be an amazing uh thing to promote for content if you were gonna go on tour i but it sounds like you're just doing it just to create pretty much which is amazing and going back before too where you're saying that you didn't you didn't promote uh not promote you didn't like ask to be on spotify top 50 or anything you're just creating like crazy and i think that's incredible that you just are a great example of hey just keep doing what you love it's as corny as that sounds and then the way it feels <laughs> the way it feels internally and i don't want to sound like i don't want to sound like i don't want to twist this the wrong way and make it sound like i don't all right let that go i'm just gonna let all whatever i was just thinking go the way it feels like internally though is i feel like i'm surrendered to the process i feel like i'm surrendered to creating shit no matter what that means because i have to and it's because of the like near-death experience it's because of like you know stuff in me that is also the things that limit me from doing the things that would make me more like successful in the world those are the very things that make me also driven to create the things i'm creating and so it's like there's a constant tension that i feel day to day this like sense of like well i will probably never be as like involved like professionally or on the business end or on the like PR end with my music as I would like to be I'll probably never be as involved with it as I want to be because I'm literally like chained up to the creative process like I, it's, I'm like married to it and I'm like not necessarily connected that way to what I'm making but just like every day if I'm not making shit I feel terrible that's just <laughs> like that's just brutally 
honest. Like yeah. I have to. That's that, that's I real. That's real though, man. Because I've had, I get moments where I'm like that, where there's like this thing where it's like I know that all this stuff needs like i know that this stuff needs to happen over here like on the on the business side of it but then there's some days where i'm just like i don't want to do that though and i need to be right now i need to be like creating something like this that's what needs to be happening whether it's writing a song or whether it's actually just practicing and like trying to like focus on my craft you know yeah. it's always like there's definitely that struggle and then there's some days you know i i I have like a lot of ups and downs with it too, where it's sometimes where I don't even want to be creative at all. And I just want to focus on like the other shit, you know, there's yeah. like this back and forth with the whole thing. You know, there it's, are those days, dude, where you're like, I want to get like, I want to go do the thing. Yeah, not exactly. Just like not just make the thing, but also do the thing. Right. Cause there's an aspect of it where it's like, yeah, you love to create, but, and that's like what the whole thing is about. But then it's like, if you want to only create and, you, and like not have to go work for somebody else. You have to do all these other things. That's that's like not creating, which ends up exactly. just being working a, a job that you don't want to work anyways, right? Exactly. But it's Fucking like tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But you make a lot less money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that your bank account looks like mine. So just saying. Yeah, mine don't look too good, man. <laughs> mine don't a lot look of too fucking good. dance, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's pretty rough, dude. It doesn't. It stays bottom down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it's part of it's part of the process, and hopefully one day it pays off for everybody. You know, <laughs> so yours kind of was like a minor league batting average, or <laughs> minor league batting average. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of another band name. Give me the bourbon. Oh, that's it's a good band name, minor league batting average. <laughs> it's, I like a, that. it's a long one, but pretty good one. Thanks, bud. Twenty more. Hmm. I'll take a little bit more. All right. Yeah, I'm feeling crazy. Feeling crazy tonight? Feeling crazy. That's what happens on bottom. Of the I don't normally crazy. get the chance to just like ramble gratuitously. That's <laughs> what this whole thing's about, bro. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, that's Absolutely. definitely more than a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I hope I won't finish that because right, then I'm have to stay here for a while. You can just pour it into <laughs> mine. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't want to stay here, but I don't want to infringe on you either. No, that's all right. As long as you want, bro. That's what this whole thing's about. Yeah, Thank this you. is his house, Thanks, so you man. can stay with however long yeah. you like. Thank you for your hospitality, boys. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all. So, yeah, the, the, going back to the social media thing, I do. I, I followed you, and then it's weird how – I'm not really sure how Instagram works. It, it, I don't know if you've ever noticed this about Instagram where, like, you follow somebody and their story comes up, and then it always becomes, like, their, your, the first thing when you're going through all those people's stories. I don't know how any of that works. Right. I don't either, but I the first the, the first one that I see, I'm just like, I don't even know this person, but I, I because I watched it again, it's going to be at the first of it. <laughs> and I have this, like, just random people that I'm like, I'm sorry. It, makes, it must make you think that I'm stalking you, but I'm not. I'm just like, oh, so I didn't want to see you. But as soon as you, like, scroll past it immediately, like, it... It shows that you've seen it. But yours is not one like that, and it's not that I don't enjoy it, but I see it every morning. You do poetry every morning. Yeah, a lot of mornings, yeah, almost every morning. As far as long as I've been following you, I'm like, that's another one. Yeah, almost almost every day. You must be an early riser then. Yeah. Yeah. Lately, yeah. Well, yeah. I go through seasons, man. I go through seasons. I really enjoy that. I I, I work a day job, unfortunately. And yeah. nine eight thirty in the morning, I gotta get up and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, getting my caffeine for the day, and then I'm just like, yeah, I'll just go through Instagram. And like, yours the first one every single morning because you just got finished. Because I just got up, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of uh, meditation, I guess, but I enjoy it. Cool, that's, man. That's cool. cool to be able to get up every day and like just write something. Yeah, well, I'm not reading my poems. I'm reading. Um, oh, I've been reading Rumi a lot, oh, okay. and um, 
Hafez, just like those old Persian poems, because I just think they're so, like the ones translated by um, Coleman Barks and Daniel Ladinsky, they're just so like, uh, they're great for that medium. They're great for Instagram because they're like short and they're, and they like hit you right in the heart really quick. And they're, they're, they tend to be like humbling and grandiose at the same time. So they make you feel like, you know, oh, I'm small and everything's big and the world is beautiful and my heart is enormous and like anything's possible. That's how those poems make me feel. And I'm like, I want to share that. So I just share those. That's what I want That's share. awesome. I like those poems. Just the fact that, you're, that you get up and you do it every day, though, like you read it and then like you put it on your platforms and those just, you know, you're just, you're just, it's all kind of like maintaining the creative mindset. You know what I mean? It's very motivating to me, too, because I'm just like, oh, man, he's doing it again. Like, what are you doing right now? I'm like processing home insurance claims. Yeah. Like, God, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. when you were a musician this weekend like yeah <laughs> yeah. That. yeah that's what i saw today because i knew it was gonna have you on today and then it was my first week uh day back from our what three-day tour that we were on i'm just like <laughs> that was <laughs> like, a fun one too I, wanna, wanna. I wasn't on a three-day tour this weekend so i didn't need to sleep as much as you did sure yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> like <laughs> that's where i and boy man I, god i think i might have gotten about 10 hours this whole weekend that was a lot of yeah fun. dude yeah. yesterday i went to bed at 9 p.m. and woke up at 9 a.m. So I feel real good today. Yeah. I didn't go to bed till like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. at a gig. So yeah, that's what I see. I see everybody else doing music and creating. And me, I'm staring at a computer screen and calling people for USAA. That's how everything feels, though, dude. I feel that shit every day, too. You do? Every day. I'm no, like... That's what you're doing is creating all the dude, time. Dude, no, you know what I do? I wake up. <laughs> I go watch the sunrise with a cup of tea or maybe coffee. I record one of those poems to make myself feel good, and then I fucking like. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, and then I like fucking sit around. and I'm like, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, what do I do now? That's, <laughs> and I'm like, that's real. Okay, I'm like, I got a list of things I could do now, but I don't want to do that yeah. or that or that or that. So maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll read this book I've read three times before. Maybe I'll, you know. I'll take a bike ride. Maybe I'll come back, you know, I'll get, you know, I teach, I teach um, music. So I'll t I have like get ready for my students or whatever, you know, but like, yeah, after that's a big ass question mark, man. And like sometimes, sometimes it's like, you know, this, this morning I woke up and I like, oh, I mixed and mastered a song. That felt great. I made two collages. I was like, yeah, that felt great. Like I wrote down like three poems. That was a good day today. But yesterday I didn't do shit. I took a nap. Yeah. I like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I took a, yeah, but I'm not happy about taking a nap. I'm fucking sad about it. I'm yeah. like, what? Well, everybody else is doing shit, and I'm taking yeah, a I nap. Guess, I guess. I guess. You know, it feels I, like that to everybody, okay, man. Well, maybe I'm being idealistic, and that's how Instagram, social media does kind of like exactly. poison, dude. Mud in your mind about like it's poison. Uh, uh, wow, they're all doing this. Their life must be amazing. Yeah. It's incredible all the time, and I'm like seeing you just like. Reading poetry on the beach and sitting in my fucking office, moving my mouth. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's good to hear that you're yeah. miserable as me. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I was, uh, yeah. Instagram <laughs> makes me miserable too. If, yeah. you, if you want to know, it yeah. makes me really unhappy. Yeah, I, I hate that platform. I, I hate all the platforms. <laughs> yeah. um, I think they're garbage, and I often delete them for months at a time, and then realize. <laughs> That I'm like way behind then, like and like interacting with the world. I'm like, fuck. Now I have a product. I need to get in front of people, and now they're not gonna see it because my algorithm's <laughs> fucked. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just such a shitty rat race, and we've let them like really take advantage of us and just take us down such a dark road. And we 
really need a blockchain fucking we need some like blockchain social media that's like somehow like you know i mean reddit's a good start that's a good thing they're trying to There's do that with uh, with parlor weren't they like it, like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. decentralized Facebook kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but they just got taken over by a bunch of fucking like alt right. Yeah, I mean, everybody who's got the most like the most derided voices are the ones who are gonna flock to the most free platform first. But the fucking problem is like we do need a free platform, right? And we have to like not get distracted by the assholes who are gonna take the free platform and use it. Like we do need free speech, dude. Like totally. That, maybe that's my unpopular opinion. Is that we do need free speech. Yeah, man. isn't it wild how that is becoming the unpopular opinion these dude, days? Dude, it's that scares me because oh, a lot of people that run to this. So, the, not to get all political and shit, but like all the, everyone that's running the decentralized platforms are the ones that have those values and the ones that are staying on the platforms, giving them all that power, which ends up being the majority of people are the ones that want that regulated kind of speech. You know what I yeah, mean? The, yeah. The kind of infantilized like intellectual atmosphere exactly. that is not, that's not conducive to like to an honest society that understands itself. It's like conducive to like a, uh, uh, a neurotic and delusional society that's like ideologically confused exactly uh and like yeah that is definitely my unpopular opinion i would say and i have several others besides <laughs> probably <laughs> but um but i think yeah but i do think human beings should love one another and respect one another's choices no matter what they are of course but man. thought it was going to happen though right so sometimes there needs to be like a place <sighs> where uh yeah that kind of discourse needs needs to be able to happen yeah. and uh it needs to be able to happen honestly yeah and uh i don't know i think there's something to be said about you know, there's like yeah there's this guy uh, i was listening to uh this podcast uh sam harris who's gotten some pretty he's got a bad rap from a lot of people but he's one of the most intellectual people i would say yeah. right now in that space yeah and uh he was talking about the difference between having a conversation in a philosophical space versus, you know, in the real world. And there's like this space where, you know, you're having a conversation where we're just hypothesizing things. Right. So like we can take scenarios to the extreme and we can talk about like just insane things, knowing that this is not how you actually feel about something. Yeah. We're just proposing mm -hmm. that this is that this thing could actually happen and yeah. how we live with that possibility, right? Yeah. And then the problem is, is that most people don't think that they don't make that differentiation, right? It's yeah. it is that you're saying this thing, which means that this must be how you feel. And that's yeah. just not the case most of the time. Yeah, you know? there is something to be said for viewing things in a lot of different angles. But at the same time, oh, so, okay, yeah, I agree with you. And all that said, what comes to my mind is, like, safe spaces, very important. Safe spaces are very important. And so are free spaces. Those are very right. important, too. And it's, like, really important to have that that, that space where, where you could where you could say the wrong thing because you're trying your best and you want to understand and you know there's a place to say the wrong thing and there's a place as well where there are certain parameters and you know to, to understanding that like this is a safe space for people those things are fucking important man like yeah all those things are important and and you know the most important thing is that we all do our best to understand each other and like man yeah i wish we could all <laughs> do i mean we, i think I don't know. I don't subscribe to any arc of history. 
at all. I don't think we're capable of understanding that. So I think, you know, my temptation is to try to generalize and say things are getting better, things are getting worse. But like, I, I, I don't think any of that's true because I, I don't think that, that, that we really have the capacity to understand the arc of time and its many eddies and flows and spirals and the way that time is experienced by every individual person is so profoundly um, unique and fractal. And so the, like the way yeah. each of us experiences our own growth and our collective growth as an, as an, as a species that's like, and as a, as just a collective, like um, society as well, like the way we're evolving and growing and changing is, is so intricate and beautiful that it just cannot be summed up in all these like ideological like bullet points that you are going to find on your you know on in these formats that we choose to to bow down to like memes yeah i love i love a good meme but yeah. i can tell you right now that i don't take any of that shit seriously yeah, yeah you know what i mean i think that and back to your point about not being able to fully understand like 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 you know the the growth of the of the species and and just history as a whole we beyond just the unique experience of every individual and how we perceive the whole thing we actually just don't even know the actual information right because the saying is that history is written by the winners yeah right so in the burning of uh, the library of Alexandria like we lost like something like ninety percent or more than that of all documentation of history of of what happened in the world before that point in time everything else is just hearsay this is playing a massive game of telephone yeah. right with yeah. like with with people that don't speak the same languages but people that have completely different interpretations of what actually happened yeah. and by the time it's been disseminated even to the next generation it's completely just not what even happened right and then now we're talking hundreds thousands of years in the future and we, somehow we know we we just like we, we got it figured out in this generation <laughs> yeah you yeah. know what i mean and and yeah that's that's my real unpopular opinion dude i'm right with you yeah. i don't believe in the myth of progress i don't well it's impossible just kind of just swirling stuff around in a cup of coffee you're like well, yeah dude. This will taste and I, i'm all for <laughs> i'm all for like fucking human rights baby i love it yeah of course but yeah in the grand arc of history, I don't think our civilization is destined for the stars. Like, I think we're going to fucking burn, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really do. I'm I really do. through and through. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. But, uh, like, I'm not a nihilist. You're not? But, no, I'm not a nihilist. I can't, I'm kind of growing out of it, too, a little bit. At all. Because I, I'm like, yeah. well, some things matter. Yeah. I think everything <laughs> matters infinitely. Oh, okay. And I actually just, yeah. I, oh. Dude, I, yeah. Sorry. Teach the wrong. You guys are getting, <laughs> you guys are getting me kind of drunk now, which I don't normally, I don't normally drink at all. So <laughs> well, I'm sorry. starting to get, this is why you do this. Yeah. This is why you drink bourbon. I drink, it, I drink every single day. Loosen so. the tongue. Yeah. Loosen the tongue. I'm um, really letting a lot out right now. No, this is good, bro. This makes for good content <laughs> okay. right here. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Speaking of social media, <laughs> yeah. evil oh, fucking engine that it is. Oh man. I'm going to talk about how I feel online. This is a good way to sell records, by the way. Talk that, politics. I only, <laughs> I only tell other people's poetry and <laughs> only tell the sweet feelings online. I don't tell in real. But it is, it is, it is humorous to me, like how I was naive about that, and then naive, I guess just more naive about everything that people post and everything. Like everything is just yeah great, 
everything is really, really, really good. And everything's every, everybody's doing much better than you are, and this is all that they're showing you is how much better their lives yeah. are than you. Yeah, they're only showing you the good moments. You after a while, man. Yeah, that's the whole thing with it, right? Yeah, that's that's what people been talking about for a long time. Is that little? Why do they do it? Why? Why do people do that? Oh, it makes them feel better about themselves. <laughs> I guess it does. There's like those little moments where it's like I'm gonna put this thing out. And it's going to make me feel better that people are looking at my life like it's amazing. I just see pictures of people posing next to their Lamborghinis saying, I'm a self-made entrepreneur. What are you doing with your life? I'm 23. I'm like, I'm processing claims for USAA. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. Probably going to get Firehouse later. Well, you're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no money. Well, so there's I'm something. This is self-made. Dude, yeah. you're living great, man. You're yeah. living great. There's something you said about the pursuit it's of something. It's a good life, too, man. Right? <laughs> it's a good. Li- it's <laughs> your life, man. It's a good life. I know, but still. But I know I feel the same fucking way. I just want to be Instagram like good. I want to be Instagram good. You want Instagram, Instagram good. good? Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> that's that real. Dude. That's that real IG right there. Hashtag all, Instagram dude. good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start posting my poops on Instagram. No. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no. That'd be good for the see, brand. He's like, that's too far. I want the good stuff. That's yeah. too far. You want see? You want the good stuff. That's the trick. That's the that's the weirdest part is that we do want to see the best of each other. Yeah. We want to see the best of ourselves, yeah. but we feel bad when we when we see the best of others and not the best of ourselves. Um, because that, it's very hard to keep your eyes on the best of yourself when you're also dealing with all the shit of your life. That's all true. All the bullshit of your life. And, yeah, exactly. And when you're constantly seeing a new, like a feed of everyone's best life, right? Yeah. And then like while you're in the middle, like, while you're in the midst of whatever you're going through and you're seeing this, you're like, everyone's just fucking living it. Everyone's happy. Yeah. And rich. I'm, <laughs> yeah. And rich. And I'm fucking miserable. And you're just like, but you know, it's just, it's, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's that. It's not real, you know. It's, it's not real. Yeah. You should promote normal posts. Promote. I I walked five thousand steps today. Yeah. That's I went nice to the thing. grocery store. Uh, yeah, that's a better one. Sorry, I took the. Uh, I remember to take out the trash. Yeah. On trash day. It's like you just like I commend you, sir. Like, I commend you. A selfie, like putting the trash in the fucking bin. <laughs> right. Yeah. It took it took me a couple of days, but. I did all the dishes. It's the yeah. little things, man. I remember, <laughs> dude. I watered my plants today. Oh like, shit! I forgot to do that. For you sure. know, like, like it's the little things, man. Like, I hung up. You know. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I don't. I was, I was. You're <laughs> reaching for something. You're reaching, yeah. You go ahead, man. I, I hung a tapestry today with my girlfriend in oh my a room God. that's been sitting there. We were trying to figure out what to do with that room for the longest time. Now we hung a tapestry today. You changed your life today. It felt very productive. <laughs> it took all of 10 minutes just to figure out exactly where to put it and to make it all straight. Yeah. And I was like, you know, today was a productive day. Today was yeah. a good day. Absolutely. I, I played my guitar for eight hours in a day on many, many occasions. It didn't feel that productive. I can just say. It did, but it was. It was productive. It of course was. it's productive. And not to take away... I, the creative process is the most fulfilling thing ever, but sometimes it can also be the least rewarding one. It's because when you spend sometimes eight hours a day on something and you don't feel like you got what you want out of it, that is the epitome of the worst feeling that somebody who's that an, that an artist or a musician could feel. Right? <laughs> it's like that is what you feel your purpose is in existence and you fail at that for the day. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. Yeah. You put something out. No one cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. Or you don't even care. You don't even like it. That's the yeah, worst part. Yeah. Yeah. You've worked on it too much and yeah. you don't like it anymore. That's the worst part. It's like, it's one thing. It's and the worst part is that's every single release. Yeah. Every single one. 
I every by the time I put everything out, I've ever put out, I've been like, God damn it. I don't whatever. Here. Take but it, it has to be rewarding when that many people like it, right? Yeah, you got a lot of streams, bro. When they do, yeah. when they do. Come, yeah. come, come over but to once our again, house for a minute. But once yeah, again, I'll show you our streaming numbers, bud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, like, like, okay, so like, it is, it is, but it's like also that thing where it's like, um, if you ever, if you base your satisfaction with what you're making based on people's responses to it. You will never be happy. That's true. You will never, ever be happy with it. And so, like, I am happy with a lot of the things that I'm making right now. And I love to joke about how, like, you do hate it by the time you're done mixing it. That's it's true. Yeah. That's true. Always true. But then three months later, you listen to it and you're like, oh, man, I'm really proud of that. I'm oh, really yeah. glad that I spent the time on that. And, like, I'm glad I didn't release it when I first thought I was going to release it. I'm glad I waited another six months and, like, gave it ten more mixes, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm glad I was neurotic for a minute about that. And Thank I'm, you for I'm justifying me because this guy thinks I'm fucking yeah. crazy for yeah, all that I'm shit. I'm glad I suffered a little bit over that because, like, when I listen to it now, I'm perfectly happy with it. And, like, you know, you know, and that's true for, like, 70% of what I've released in my life. Yeah. Of like since 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 Trash Panda, like 70% of those three albums I listen to and I go, I'm perfectly happy with that. And I feel great about that. That's a that's a passing grade. I feel good about that, you know. And like that's like the self-satisfaction cuz like the songs that I love the most, no one else cares about. Yeah. That's <laughs> no how it goes, right? About. The yeah. songs I love the most like don't have many streams at all. That's yeah. a really good philosophy and a good message for the kids. For the, the kids. kids. Yeah. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Don't care about what anybody else thinks. Yeah. That's always been my my approach to writing music until this guy joined the band. And he it's was up. like, oh, people fucking, people, it's like, well, who, are you, who are you talking about at some point? Uh, literally any pop song that, that, I, that, I, that I don't like. He's like, yeah, well, this many people like it, so you're fucking wrong. That is true. Okay, so like, there's, both of those things are true, man. Yep. Both yeah. are true. Yeah, I think that red versus blue over here. Bro. I don't necessarily subscribe to that idea, though. Just sure, because people people oftentimes make the wrong decision when we're thinking checks. as a collective unit. <laughs> we oftentimes make the wrong decision when we think about when we when we think when we are individuals thinking as a mass collective. We, we oftentimes make the, the incorrect decision, which which is why I'm saying. Not to say, like, I'm always the biggest advocate advocate for for great sounding polished music. Right. I think pop music, as far as the musicians go and the artists go, some of the most talented people in the Absolutely. world. Right. I yeah. think that the product they're producing, yeah. from a production standpoint, is amazing. Sure. A lot of the time, the end result is McDonald's. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Like Literally, the, 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 the masses have, have all agreed that McDonald's is the best thing to eat, right? Because it's, the it's, numbers just show it's that. It's the most served, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, does it doesn't mean it's the but best is food. That? Yeah, it, is it the best food? Is yeah. it the best food for you? It's not, right? <laughs> nah. So that's what I'm saying about pop music. It's like just because it's a song that's selling and that people love, it does not make it a good song. Well, yeah. that's um, my, <clears throat> my The most popular song I've ever written is the song I absolutely – loathe the most of any song I've written. Atlanta Girls? Yeah, and I wrote it It's a good song. Semi-cynically. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, honestly, and, and I can hold both of those things at the same time. I'm like, wow, this song fucking like smashes. It does. I love that song and I fucking hate that song. Yeah. And like, 
And I'll also tell you that like I remixed and mastered it for the vinyl. It's way better on vinyl. Got a few of them in my closet. <laughs> but um, and so there's things I'm really proud about about that song. And I also hate that song because I wrote it semi cynically. Like it's honest in the sense that it's that song was like uh, like documenting the feeling I had when I was like 23 or 24 in the Atlanta like bar scene. It's like, wow, this is garbage. Like everyone like like these are like I'm offended by the behavior going on here just yeah. in terms of just like just the way like men are treating women, the way women are allowing themselves to be treated. Like it's tragic. It's really tragic. And that song, the entire song is really just uplifting the tragedy of the bar scene and the shit show that it is. And then when we released it and people loved it and they'd ask for it at shows and I'd be like, no, I'm not fucking playing that song. I would get all angry because people, all they wanted to do to that song was fucking rail coke and fucking get <laughs> hammered. And like, that's exactly what that song is uh, totally like condemning. Right. But, but the song feels so good that you want to rail coke and get hammered right. listening to that song. So I'm like, God, I just fucking defeated myself. And everything about that song, when I listen to it, I'm like, <laughs> it's confounding, man. It's yeah. confounding. But it's exactly where I was at in my life when I like, the, the period that I was writing about, it felt like that. It's like, oh man, we're gonna go out and have a good time. But like knowing that everything happening around you is just tragic and misinformed and like completely um, based in like psychological damage and isolation. Like none of it had to do with connection or like or genuine health or like the like uplifting of your community. Like everything about it was like destructive and like, you know what I mean? But that's, that's what, what that song's about. And that's what I'm saying, man, is that people, have, <laughs> the collective decided yeah. because just in that, we, we've stopped thinking like, you know, we stopped thinking about the individual experience. We started to think about like the collective thing. And sometimes, oftentimes that, that's at odds with the individual, right? So uh, the thing is, you listen to that song and maybe the person on their own is like, well, yeah, I'm riding in my car. Maybe I don't want to listen to this right now. But at a club when, you know, there's, 300 people around all taking drugs and there's like a like you know fucking music bumping and this song comes on it's like yeah i want to get ignorant as shit right now let's do yeah. it and you know? so i'm not against the dionysian fucking impulse man i'm not against the like <laughs> ecstasy like i think ecstasy like going out of your fucking mind is a i think it's a healthy thing it's definitely a healthy thing but and and here we are drinking alcohol but at the same time like but I'll I know do some that, fucking like, Molly before we do a podcast. Let's fucking yeah. do it. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not speaking about Molly, but Molly, too. But yeah. But like just the, the, the this sense of like losing oneself. Yeah. Into the outside world. You know, that is ecstasy. Right. Versus instacy, losing oneself internally, losing like going in to the complete depths of oneself. And so like, <clears throat> which I do think like a full spiritual initiation is instacy and ecstasy. And so you need both. But a lot of times what's going on, I think, with um, with like, you know, just getting hammered and like whatever goes with that, it has nothing to do with either. It's not the pure right. Dionysian impulse. It's not the like it's not going into ecstasy. Like a lot of times it's just fucking like you're just you just want to die. Yeah. You'd rather die. And this is a really fun way to die for a while. Yeah, totally. It's an actual like, escape from yeah. from from both of those worlds. Yeah, it's like semi-suicidal. Yeah, and it's tragic. Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend was telling me I don't know if this is true or not, but that's why they call them spirits. 
right? Like, yeah. like liquor, because like there's because it actually is a spirit that's like, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, ghost. Not ghost. Uh, when yeah. it takes you over. Uh, come on. Uh, Holy ghost. Demon. <laughs> demon. A demon. Yeah, but like possesses you. That's what happens when oh, you drink alcohol. Spirit. They call them spirits because a demon possesses you when you drink them. Yeah. This alcohol is a solvent, right? Like it breaks things down. That is so true. It is depressing. It lets the well. spirits in. Exactly. It lets the spirits move into you. That's what it is. You. And exactly. so alcohol, like, yeah, like the grapes of Dionysus, like, right? Like, like yeah. Fucking the, like <clears throat> the wine of like Bacchanalia, like in the, the orgiastic, like flow of like, you know, that there's something mad in that. And, 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 uh, so it's funny because I'm just I'm a very contradictory person, man. Like when I think about these things, when I like, like the way I feel about all these things is completely ambiguous, man. And I'll state a strong opinion one day and I'll counter it the next. Right. And I'll fight with myself about it. And like right now, like I normally don't drink, but I'm with you guys drinking bourbon and I'm enjoying it a lot. Well, it's just a Kentucky tradition. I don't know what's. Yeah, it's Kentucky tradition, yeah. man. Let the spirits <laughs> in, let them move <laughs> through. That's right. Like, I'm cool. Me and the spirits are cool, man. Like, we hang out a lot. And um, there's probably an aspect of. It's <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Have you ever tasted heaven in a glass? Do you pine for the hoppiest brews and palest ales? Do you like food? If so, then Wicked Barley is the oasis that your mouth has been wishing for, walking into the complete barren wasteland that is your life. Wicked Barley is located in Jacksonville, Florida, nestled on the banks of Good Peace Creek. Wicked Barley aims to provide its guests with a wicked experience, offering over 18 house-brewed beers, ciders, and meats on tap. They also have an expansive gastropub-style food menu, including burgers, salads, sandwiches, and more. Whether you are a newcomer or a craft beer connoisseur, there's a little something for everyone at Wicked Barley. Visit them at 4100 Bay Meadows Drive and tell them Bottom of the Bill sent you. There's an aspect of of uh, you know having walls up, right? As as a as a, as a person, uh, and keeping certain things out mentally, right? And then there's an aspect of like letting your guard down and trying to accept the pot like the positive things and yeah. right. And then yeah. and then there, but that like I guess like like perfection would be knowing when to put those walls up and when to put them down, right? Yeah. And but, what is perfection? And like, why do we even care? Exactly. About perfection, right? Because we're all gonna fucking die. That's why we drink. <laughs> that's why we drink. And that's right? why we drink. Because so it comes back in full circle. Exactly. Because this is <laughs> this this would lower your inhibition to the point where just let it all in the positive and mm-hmm. the, and the negative, mm-hmm. whatever those things are, spiritual. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's demons, if it's angels, whatever it is, you let it all in. Yeah. And the, I I I would have to imagine that what like like the thought process is that humans are constantly stuck in just paradoxical thinking because yeah. we are at a level like we're at a level of awareness right that allows us to understand certain things on such a deep level but then we can't break through this one thing our mind literally goes into a loop yeah. it's the same way that physics works right like like we break down we can break down atoms to a certain point and yeah. then, or particles, and we can see them interact in a certain way. Yeah. And we know that when we stop observing them, they react in a different way. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to us at no, all. It doesn't. Our mind goes in a complete loop. It, it literally breaks after a certain point. That's what's great about paradox, though. I've always been obsessed with paradox because yeah. it's the edge of language. Yeah. And language is, is just such a, like, language promises so much and delivers, like, so little. Because D- you, you, want, you want to be able to say what you mean. 
Yeah. You want it to be able to say the truth. It's impossible. You want to be able to encapsulate the universe in a word or in like a, a series of words, right? Yeah. You can't do that shit. No, it, that's yeah. not what language is for, dude. Yeah. It's not what it's for. No. It's like a shitty fucking tool. And that's where it comes to an end. Like when you try to say what's happening to the universe, it's like it's expanding into nothing. And like in this <laughs> English, that makes no fucking sense, but that's what's happening. Right. Well, yeah. That's, that's yeah. the only way that we know how to describe it, right? That's, that's what I mean. Like, like, it was my, my unpopular opinion like a year ago or something was that language is the actual root of all evil right because like what we we've, we've done is we've distilled every kind of sensory we've, we've distilled everything that we're perceiving into a physical kind of realm right and there is no there's it, even across every culture and every like we can't communicate to each other across the world right like like language has has made it so we can't actually communicate ideas to people that live on the other side of the world God right? made and, it that way. and and then you have Tower and, of Babel. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. That's in Genesis, Bob. Yeah, no, I get it. There's, there's some church. truth. There is some truth to that. There is some truth to that as far as myth. what the limitation of language actually is, right? No, and like you have, in certain cultures, there's a way that they, that, that they describe things that don't translate to, to other languages, right? So um, it kind of forces you to have to water down what they mean when they say something, which is so when you translate old texts or whatever, like what you're actually getting isn't even what they were actually saying. So again, another way that history kind of like doesn't even work and in, in our understanding doesn't work. But at the end of the day, humans, I think we are, we're at a level of understanding where we're like on the verge of being able to be like telepathic because we understand all these things we're perceiving, but we can't quite express it in a way that allows us to unify on any one level, yeah. right? So that's kind of where we're stuck at right now. I think the worst thing that ever happened in evolution or for humanity is just that we became aware. We should just we could have been like just hunting for monkeys, I other just, monkeys to bang in the fucking forest, and yeah. then we decided no. We want to figure out how to use this stick as a tool, and then from there, which is downhill. I so <laughs> I would actually disagree. No, I think I'm pretty sure that was I, the, that's the way to be. I think we that we reached the pinnacle. <laughs> I think that we actually reached the, the pinnacle of awareness a long time ago. And like you and said, and I think that that, that that consciousness as we know it yeah. is something that we just perceive. It's not something that we learn. Oh, yeah. It's something that we perceive. That we, we tap into a, like a source. It's like a well, right? Yeah. So number one. Right. Well, let's let's just run with my idea. Oh, for sorry. A no, I just immediately disagree with you. Because yeah, no, I know sorry, you disagree. Sorry, sorry. So I'll if, keep it internalized. Yeah, just for right now. Wait, <laughs> yeah, 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 wait yeah. till I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, no, no, wait. No, no, that's fine. So, so consciousness, as, as we know, it is something that we perceive. It's not something that that that, that we learn, okay, um, or that we create in our brains. So, if you think, uh, if if you think of it as a resource that we tap into, yeah. when populations become so big in one area, we're actually all tapping into the same resource, which is why you know crime rates go up and 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 all these things start to happen like like in cities versus like living in the middle of nowhere, right? right. There's all these things that, that like the, the level of of just I guess uh, um, your lack of caring for, 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 for the people around you. Like you're, you're oh, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, like the, there's a lack of that, like, understanding psychology experiment where somebody uh, was like attacked and then the windows, nobody called the police. People were witnesses. To that's, it. that's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like, there's so many people tapping into this, this one thing where there's actually not enough of it in that one area for all of us to be sharing that thing. Right. Uh, so, it dumbs down the entire society. Yeah. It, it makes you not so unified on that level. 
when you go out into places where there's, it's not so popular, there's less people tapping into that thing. So they're not to say there's not problems, but there's more of an understanding. There is more of a community kind of feeling in those areas where you take care of people, you acknowledge. Like you're, you're, you're literally watching what's going on at your neighbor's house because that's just the only thing to do. There's a, the, there's that level of of consciousness that you're tapping into. At one point in our life. It will, in human existence, there was not so many people in the world tapping into this one resource. At one point, there was small populations of people that lived throughout right. that I believe could perceive things that we can no longer pre- perceive today. Do you think like, the stream was bigger since there wasn't that many people and they were all just like super mega brains? I think... Yeah, th- th- there was less people tapping into to one resource. Oh, yeah, okay. Not to say that consciousness is finite or anything, yeah. but... But it, it is relative to the air to 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 to, to certain areas, I believe. Yeah. Right. So like you get more of it on the sticks, but less in the city. Look at look at the amount of stars you can see in 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 the middle of nowhere versus being in a city. Okay. Okay. That's like just think that that's just a level of perception, right? I'm saying that the level of perception, like thousands of years ago, okay. I believe that was the pinnacle of human perception and awareness. So they were more. There were, there, were, there were more closer to the pinnacle the source. of, being of a human? To, to, to whatever source consciousness is. Like they, they, were more, they, they were more in tune to that because there was no distractions like we have with cell phones today. To, they're taking us out of the moment, right? Yeah. And like there's like the things that they talk about seeing in the skies, right? Well, you don't just like, mean like the populations. You mean like technology too. Technology, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's, okay. techno- it's, it's all the, the, the distractions. The like population just comes with more distractions, right? Sure, sure, sure. So what, all I'm saying is that thousands of years ago, we didn't have the technology to distract us. We didn't have, uh, or the technology to outsource so much of what, what our brain's capable of doing. We have cell phones that store every single number. Yeah, our memories are gone. Our memories are gone. gone. This is all part of our, uh, part of our cap- capabilities of perceiving and understanding things, yeah. right? We, we outsource morality to, to the gut. The government has to say, you can't do this, otherwise you get penalized. Versus us just knowing as a, as a people Uh-oh. that you shouldn't do do this thing right i'm not saying it's a bad thing no. i'm saying that it, it comes with it, the it, soap it, is in the closet the, dude <laughs> it, it it comes it comes with it comes with population sizes you know what i mean well maybe i just don't think that consciousness is a finite thing you can touch what? and i think that it was created i'd say it was finite to uh, uh perpetuate uh evolution and survival what if i said that's just my opinion yeah what do you hmm. got? What do I got? <laughs> what do I got? <clears throat> I like your musings a lot, Anton. Uh, I feel like every drop of consciousness you could want is available now. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think that's all available. And I think it's like weirdly in some ways like more available in some ways in some ways harder to access in some ways like there's more like there's more maybe there's more uh like trash code to sort through you know in terms of just like just bullshit to sort through but like it's a ripe dump that we live on and right. there's so much like in that dump of like human civilization western eastern you know ancient you know pre our concepts of west and east there's so much to sort through in this time because of the internet like there's so much that i've been able to learn as an as a like you know 
you know, middle to lower middle class person that I would have never learned, you know, a hundred years ago, I would have had no access to that knowledge, you know, having read, you know, as like a teenager and early twenties, like reading like all the sacred texts of the world that I could get my hands on for free. You know, I could read, you know, compendiums of ancient wisdom on my phone, but that's what I chose to do with the internet. Right. And like a lot of people chose to do some other fuck shit with the internet. And I chose some fuck shit too. I did all kinds of fuck shit with the internet, but I also did that. And, I, and that took me somewhere. Yeah. And that like was something that I couldn't have done a hundred years ago. That was something that like could have never happened, you know, before the nineties, <laughs> before sure. the, the two thousands, you know, it could have never happened. Yeah. And, and, um, and that's fucking weird. That's the only thing I can say about our society that's just really weird and unprecedented that we know of because that kind of technology never survives. Like, if our society went down, all that shit's gone. Right. Really fast. Like, you know, society doesn't even have to go down. The internet goes down. It's all gone. And, like, it's all gone. Like, it can be gone so fast. That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Is that, yeah. that, is that, like, that's... So, it's the information that, that you, that you got from, from, from what I would call like distractions, like the internet, right? Yeah. Like hive mind. Yeah. Electronic these, Borg mind. The, this is information. <laughs> yeah. That's what, it, this is information <laughs> that, that, that I believe that we can, that if we, a thousand, like thousands of years ago, because I'm not saying the pinnacle was before the internet. I'm saying that the pinnacle was thousands of years ago. I'm saying that like these Satya Yuga stuff, like you're talking like, like almost Atlantean yeah, I'm kind of yeah, vibes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I can dig that. And I, and I'm saying I'm not that, opposed the, to that these people at all probably reached this kind of awareness at, uh not obviously the same like physical information that we're looking at but had a certain understanding of the universe and consciousness that the information that you read got got you to, right? Mm -hmm. But their experience got them to they distilled they it. distilled it from mm -hmm. the source versus reading it from the internet which i guess could be the source of today but i don't i think that that outsources a lot of the work right but what if what if you outsource the work and then go into those spaces with a remembrance of the map you viewed in that compendium of ancient knowledge so you took that compendium of ancient knowledge and then you fasted from technology and food and whatever the fuck else and you ended up in the woods or in the desert and then you and then you took an entheogenic substance or not like one of the most profound trips of my life was last year with no drugs whatsoever just traveling into the desert um and so with all of that foundation of the things i had read and it's just words language like we we're talking about that seems so empty but like but language can also be a valid doorway totally. into it's these psychic spaces, into tool. these understandings and these ways of these perspectives, these ways of looking at the world that then when you take them into the actual world and you take away the distractions of the technology, then like the veil just drops yes. and everything is just as it always has been. And like, you know, eternity is just laid completely bare at your feet. Like yeah. just it's, there it is like, as it always has been and you are a, just a speck and a, just a just a you know a, a, <laughs> a weeping and 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 
deeply loving and infinitely large speck in an infinitely larger situation. Yeah. (laughs) And like, so, and that's happening to so many of us. I would say that that's (laughs) for sure true. And I would say that on the mass scale of the world, that that would be the exception to the rule right now. Yeah, yeah, fair there's enough. there's a lot of people. That, so that's why I mean by us, us as a as has it always society, has it always been. That's the question. I'm just curious. has it always it. You know that that's a good question. And, and as you were saying that, I was thinking like, well, there's this idea of the again the information that we've learned through you know history that's been distilled through processes that have you know are not conducive to facts, right? Uh, there's there was probably populations of people that existed in those times that were just caught up in the day to day of the existence of whatever that period was, right? Yeah. And, w- and with those distractions that weren't thinking in that way, all but right, right. the populations were so much smaller back then. You know what I mean? What if all of us are both? I mean, yesterday I ate fucking Whataburger, dude. Yeah. And today I'm waxing poetic about fucking like apotheosis. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. it's like. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, what if all of us are both? Like, what if, what if it's not rare at all? What if all of us are just, like, tremblingly, weakly divine? Like, just... Do, do, you, <laughs> think, do you think that that would be the pinnacle of consciousness? Is that, is, what does as, that mean? The, so, the, the, <laughs> what, what, what that means is that we have, at one point, there, there, there was such a lack of distraction where there was mm. nowhere to go. Like the golden age, like a golden age yeah, of consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I, you, like what I, you said, that experience yeah. you had with your, with, yeah. with your th- like you got to experience that and then yeah. you come back to the distractions, right? Yeah. There was no escaping back then. Like that was constantly the world. So I experienced a, mac- a microcosm of the, of the golden age exactly. of consciousness. And like, um, and, um, I love the idea that there is a macrocosmic golden age. I, I subscribe to it a hundred percent. I love the idea that that's what Satyabop is about. Satyabop, that song. Yeah. And, uh, it's about like the idea of my friend, um, out in New Mexico, he's an Ayurvedic doctor. He's my best friend. He saved my life when I had that brain problem. And, um, I love him so much. He was telling me a story, um, about a, a sage in the Satya Yuga in the golden age, uh, um, <clears throat> who sat on a hilltop for something like a thousand years or ten thousand years? Just sat on a hilltop. This and and of course, and, you know, in 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 the myths, you know, these people grew to be, you know, you know, whatever it was, twenty five feet tall or thirty feet tall. Yeah, you know, these enormous like sages just sitting on a. He's sitting on a on a mountain, you know, for ten thousand years, and he's just watching the world bloom around him and he's just digging it he's just digging it just watching creation like whirl you know i love that idea i love the idea that there was a i mean that's a poetic idea it's beautiful and we carry it in every moment like we carry it around with us if we choose carry it like this this poetic moment like of uh this poetic eternity right Of, of 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 a golden age we can carry it with us through life i love that shit so much and yet, I also argue that even now in the so-called Kali Yuga, like in the depths of the shit, like in the mud, there is the fucking jewel in the lotus right there. 100%. You know what I mean? Like totally. it's right there and it's not different than the jewel in the lotus in the Satya Yuga that's like 
beyond compare, enormous, like many galaxies. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. It's like, it's the same thing. Yeah, like you said before about how there is no like, oh, we're progressing or anything like that. It's just, it's always there. Yeah, there's a rhythm going on. I believe that too. Yeah. I just, I don't, I can't, I, I, I can't subscribe to that. Like that there was something back in the day, like they all just were more collectively just better. I don't think so. That, I think that it's it's think, just always has been. And okay. the way I say I subscribe to it, I don't necessarily believe on the mundane plane that it looked a certain way, that it looked the way I'm describing. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, like maybe it's like more blurry to get there now. It's like an eternal poetic truth. Yeah. Okay. It's like a poetic truth that may take actual form in the like, what do you call it? The st- stratum the like material of time you know it may take form in the material of time but it may not i'm insane you guys got me drunk and now you guys I, know how completely insane i am no, i'm being completely honest I, uh, no this at one point was a music podcast yeah. <laughs> this is a philosophical now, podcast we, we all we, i believe uh, you thought you were drinking bourbon, I'm just but a it's complete idiot yeah. yeah dude i'm i'm an time. idiot philosopher dude i don't know nothing don't, I don't think anybody's a smart philosopher. It's yeah, just everybody's exactly. experiencing the same kind of thing everybody else is. Yeah, they're all just trying to make sense of it. Yeah, exactly. this whirling, exactly. dude. It's a whirling. Life yeah. is a whirling, and it's beautiful, or not. Sometimes it's definitely it's very not. ugly. Sometimes, yeah, for sure. Thanks for being. You're a very grounded voice, man. Yeah, <laughs> I Thank try. You. Yeah, realist. Yeah, no, I really, I, I appreciate it a lot. I'm really enjoying. T- I didn't know what to expect tonight, you guys. I really appreciate talking. Oh, with thanks, y'all. man. No, this is this is uh, thanks this for is having me here. Absolutely, man. It's always yeah. interesting coming into these with people that we don't know. Uh, you, you you never know how it's gonna go. No, but I've, I love the conversation on the music and the detours that we took. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like it's that's part of the whole experience. That's why we do this show. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Thanks, man. Just to talk about music and for people who actually like hearing about talking about music. My favorite quote from Metalocalypse. You ever watch that show? A little bit. A little bit. My favorite. Beautiful show. My favorite quote is uh, talking about music is like singing about farting. (laughs) (laughs) What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> listen to the music you don't need to fucking talk about it yeah well whatever here we are talking about it's fun anyway i well, to musicians it's fun <laughs> yeah it's really fun i'd like to talk some more about music sure I don't know. I don't what's know your what. favorite chord <laughs> oh that's a great that's a great fucking question no, i know yeah i like a six nine chord i like a chord oh. with a six and a nine in it i, I like a 13 a chord oh, yeah. maybe it's got the dominant means. seven in it maybe it doesn't i don't know oh. like you know if like it's a 13 sevens. like maybe yeah. it does but you know, I, I like a, uh, I like a major seven with a sharp eleven, man. I like a, I'm a Lydian man. Uh, you're I, like, a I like guy. how you Lydian, Lydian man. You're not, not, not that you're like Lydian dominance also. Lydian oh, dominance. you're a Simpsons I, guy. I, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I guess. Only likes the Simpsons. It's a nice He's little like, minor two five well, action. Lydian with a flat seven. We've yeah. lost your fucking now. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, uh, with the. Uh, I like how Danny big Elfman. you were about like the actual like just chord structure. I was I was like okay like a color. It's like what's your favorite color? I'm like I don't know. I like I like the like the colors with pigments. Is basically <laughs> what you said. I meant like more like D flat major six nine. Is D flat major. Oh, like you want a specific <laughs> root <laughs> note and like no, I an know, idea. I realized what I said. It could be like yeah, I was like chord quality. I'm thinking of. I, I like, you know, I really, <laughs> I, all right, so since we're talking about Lydian mode, <laughs> I really like E Lydian. Yeah. 
It's yeah. B major. It's E Lydian. I love it. It's just like it's got some fucking some etheric shit that I just love. Now, I'm a little bit uh, foggy on that. That's uh, uh, a major uh, scale with a sharp fourth, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I exactly. Right. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, just yeah, nailed, it. Right. nailed it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's why I called that song Lydia Lane, Lydia Lane. It's just Lydia, it's Lydia, it's an it's an e, it's an e, it's an e. Yeah, that's it. Right. It's why I called that song that. Not that anybody asked, but I, yeah. my favorite chord is D flat seven, major seven. D flat major seven is a great chord. Not major seven. You so said major. You seven. You said major seven. Oh, sorry. You said we well, said both, and that's a little confusing, I don't wanna, right? I'm not dominant seven. Not so dominant major seven. seven then. Yeah, thank major, you. Okay, I got yeah. it right. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. I was getting too fucking confused. I've never taken a music lesson in my life, and this guy went to school, and I know more about theory than he does. Explain oh, that to me. That's not damn. true, actually. That's very true. No, Sleeping through not. class is a bitch, dude. I know a lot more about theory than that's you That's not do. true, though. That's you, really not true. You just said that a, a major right. seven chord was a dominant chord. All right, guys. we got to get the whiteboard out. No, yeah, just, you I, guys I, got I, a whiteboard? Let's go. go. I, do, I, do get, I do get confused when it comes to those sevens. That's just a thing that, We're gonna uh, do, that I have. I going to do closed eyes. Upper structures were the other day also. That's fine. I actually watched last night. Last night, I was showing my girlfriend's not very – well, I'm not – trying to rag her out anyways but she's not musical at all and, she, and so i was like i took her to a jam band show for the first time on friday night and she she asked the best questions ever which is like why wait are they playing the same song again i was like oh my god no they're jamming and they went back into the song I was like well why do they do that and i'm like i just started laughing because i don't even know the answer to that question but yeah that's just what they it's do it's actually a pretty profound question <laughs> I, I, I just, was yeah at, right? yeah but anyways i was showing her a music theory lesson and uh one thing that never really like occurred to me is is why when you're talking about uh keys uh different notes in the key like for example why in a major why is it not D flat instead of C sharp in A major. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Why sharp and flat keys? It's yeah. very simple. I always, because I, I, we've gone back and forth on this, and you keep on arguing back with me. It's like, why does it matter? People will get it. But yeah. then not, there's actually a really good reason. Mm -hmm. And it's because when you're saying the scale like that, you don't want to repeat the same letter. I understand that. Period. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. No, that's 100% what it is. Yeah. I, I know that, right? But when I'm, when I'm in the moment explaining yeah. a, a change to somebody, mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about every individual note in the scale. Right. So that's where my music theory kind of falls apart yeah. between the differences between sharps and flats right. but I can tell you all day what the chord qualities are and how they relate and like the different scales that you can use over them sure. and yeah. all that stuff what I can't do on the moment is tell you oh wait is uh, when we're in Here's B crazy. are we talking about are we saying G flat, or are we going to say D sharp? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, yeah. like that's not going to come into my head right yeah. away, right? And it depends on, like, like, you know, what's your job? Like, does it matter? Does it matter? And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I'm with you. I'm if with I'm you. Speaking, speaking broken English to you and you understand what I'm saying, we're there, right? Yeah, we're, uh, we're hanging. Yeah, yeah, we got a connection. All the reason I brought that up is you said you know more than me. That's I do know more true. than you. That's not true. I do. How, what, is your favorite chord G sharp major? Uh, No. Why is that? Because I don't really like G sharp at all, to be honest with you. It's because it's not a chord. G sharp? Major. Major? Yeah. Why not? It's because it's A flat major. Why? Because of what I just said earlier, where you want to have the same letters going up the whole way. But you can That's still, fair. Can't you still do that if you start from G sharp? No. You just adjust the notes as you go? What I feel like it's all relative, really, right? If you're, if you're in the key of E mm -hmm. and you're playing the G sharp major as the five of six. You're hurting my brain when you say G sharp major, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> if you play the G sharp, let's say you play a G sharp seven, a dominant seven mm -hmm. as the five of six, it's going to feel more like a G sharp than an A flat because oh. you're in the key of E. 
and that would be the three, the three dominant, three which dominant. is actually the five of six. Oh right. Goodness. See, I know all that language right there. Yeah. No. As soon as you started getting into the specifics <laughs> about the about the sharps and the flats, yeah. that's why I'm like, that doesn't matter to me. You said G sharp, a dominant, and how it relates to the other chords within that scale. Like, I know all that shit. It's always right? relative. Yeah. Always that's relative. That's all that really matters. Yeah. You, you could, you'd start calling yeah. scales Pokemon names, and then if you fucking knew the Pokemon key that we're in, yeah. if I'm playing an A <laughs> sharp, Sorry, I'm Charizard Sharp. Yeah. We're fucking going <laughs> ham on it. I fucking know what that is. And that yeah. That's fucking G. Dude. Grin. Squirtle Flat. Yeah, Squirtle, Squirtle Flat. Flat. <laughs> yeah, my favorite fucking key. I just like Bubbles or Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're, hey, we're yeah. definitely the exact same fucking age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is you didn't know what a minor 2-5 was when you joined the band, and now you do. Right? Mm, yes, uh, that is true. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know what the uh, uh, the the reason for why you would say that in a thing, but I know what a, a, a second and a fifth was in a scale. Yeah. Like for the the chords and everything. Yeah. yeah. Now I know. Anyways, music theory is really fun and it's, boring at the same time. It's way more boring than talking about philosophy, which is what we were doing. <laughs> but this is supposed to be a music podcast. Which it's is all kind of relates, man. Pythagorean music theory yeah. is absolutely philosophy. That it's is absolutely true. like, yeah. Right there. That's uh-huh. how I teach my students. Call me for lessons if you want yeah. them. We'll put his I teach at my the students. Right here, yeah. so you guys teach my students the <laughs> mysteries of the universe. They're like thirteen. And they're like, why do I need to know that? <laughs> <laughs> they're like. What? There, I don't know. There is, there but is. They get it. They always get it. Like they always get it. Man. I think that it helps when you're teaching people about music to like relate it to to something that mm-hmm. you know like outside of that. Because I think people look at look at music as this m- almost mystical thing, mm-hmm. and it's not right. Like there's like w- there's we have roadmaps to explain how things work, which is what theory is, and it's just that it is yeah. a theory, which is why when you're an E major, you can do something else besides go to C sharp minor on, on a bridge, right? Because the theory is just a roadmap, but if you explain it in a way that helps them relate it to like life things, I think most people think about life in philosophical ways, right? Like people dig deep into things like when they're thinking about it by themselves, like not in a social setting. Mm-hmm. So if we explain music in that same kind of way, they can break it down like that. It makes it much more obtainable for them. This is not this mystical thing that people are yeah, playing exactly. that's just hypnotizing you. This is a very obtainable thing that you can do. It is. It is. You know, full it circle. Is. I'm going to start calling you full circle Tony because you, you brought it brought it all together, dude. Save the show. That's what I do. I'm, I'm a... <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at this podcasting thing, I will say. Yeah, this is our this is our fifty sixth episode. Fifty sixth episode. Wow, I know, right? guys. Damn. Been like that a year and a half we've just now. been sitting here trying to figure out how to keep a conversation going for uh, two hours now. And funny. trying to figure out how to be successful in the music industry, which we've yet to do. Dude, so. that's an uncrackable code. No, totally, man. We're, really we're, we're starting to learn code. it. And you've you've been yeah. the the pinnacle of I probably the guest with the most plays and <laughs> uh, we were like okay we're gonna fucking get dude to it. We're and the only thing i have it. to tell you is i don't fucking know anything. No, yeah, no. Exactly. that's why i laugh so hard <laughs> i don't know anything yeah. and and the only thing i know is that that's not bad. so without spotify <laughs> i wouldn't have a career and i would have a way more sane career like without spotify i wouldn't have done anything as far as i know but anything I would have done have, would have made a lot more sense. But I don't. Spotify uh, is 
a total fucking enigma in the like vast sea of it history. Is it strange. is, man. It yeah. makes no sense. And I, I always have to wonder, coming back to that playlist that you were on, somebody had to put you there. Who the fuck was it? Somebody <laughs> called me from Capitol Records. I still have her number. Her name's Kelly. She doesn't work there anymore. Oh, okay. She doesn't work there anymore. She called me that week from Capitol Records. I was like, look, man, I, I don't. I don't know what's happening. And like, I'd Why'd love to you? tell you that like, I've got a bunch of shit ready to go, but like, and she's like, well, we just, just, just know you're on our radar. And I'm like, okay, but I, I, I really <laughs> doubt that I can make the most of this. And I didn't, I didn't, oh, and man. we didn't, and we didn't make the most of it. And, and, and we broke up and, yeah. and we're bigger now than we were then. And it makes no sense, dude. Oh. So like, the only thing I have to say is like, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with like nothing I've done has made any effect on my Spotify numbers. If I've put money into advertising, if I've put money into like yeah, it's made a difference in YouTube numbers, it's made a difference on <laughs> Facebook or Instagram. Okay. No difference on Spotify. No kidding. Nothing. That's There's nothing I've done has affected that algorithm at all. It is impenetrable as far as I know. Sure. That was one of my questions that I had. Uh, I had a couple of questions about everything that, that had to deal with uh, your plays on Spotify. And then as soon as you told me that, I was like, okay. I was like, what was your marketing strategy? I don't think it has to do with how good the music is. You don't I, think so? No, no, it's definitely a part of it. I, it's got to be. I, I mean, it can't, be, can't be terrible. It can't yeah, be terrible. Yeah. Like, Well, that's subjective too. Yeah. But it can't be like completely unappealing to, you know, ah. But it, I don't understand it. I'm just, I'm laughing a little bit because I kind of assumed a little bit that like you were like, okay, we did this and this and this, and I, I but I love the answer that. Yeah. Was, <laughs> and I'm not trying to say that it was luck. Like a, a bit of it was luck, but it, luck. you wouldn't have got there if it wasn't good. You know what I mean? Well, okay, that's fair, and yeah, I appreciate right? that. And I appreciate you not. To say. I don't want to be like it yeah. was all luck. He's just a lucky guy or whatever. I but, do say that. Well, yeah. And do feel that way. But it was also like you said. I also think I made music before that that was really good. No one's yeah. heard it. Sure. It was on Noise Trade. It was on. Oh, like okay. Bandcamp, yeah. who cares? Yeah, Bandcamp, who gives yeah. a fucking shit? No one ever heard it. Yeah. You know, my friends, my family heard it. No one heard it. I think it was pretty good. I think if Spotify had existed, I don't know, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> like, it probably wouldn't have done anything. I don't know, man. Well, the look- shit I'm releasing right now, I think is really good. It's not really doing much, man. It's not doing much. You don't think so? Some of my listeners from, from Snakes, thank goodness, have have tied into what I'm doing and thank God there's like a fan. I have a little fan base and I really appreciate it a lot. Um, but growing it has nothing to do with anything I've ever done. Like in, in terms of like intentionally like, Oh, advertise yeah, here yeah, or yeah. like, you know, make this kind of thing or like, you know, like put money into this. None of that shit has worked, man. None of it. I hate telling you that. I hate no, saying that. Great. That's that, real. That was the other part about uh, uh, starting this podcast and everything too. Is is like like how to do everything in this way and like growing everything like that. And then you meet somebody who's just like, this is what I did. I'm like, <laughs> fucking like I'm <laughs> lost. I'm lost, dude. Every day I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, this, I'm lost, man. This, this is what we oh, were just no. talking about this the other day in the van. <laughs> 
where uh, where he's like we just we did a whole marketing thing yeah, we for did. our album. Yeah, we spent a lot of money on it. Uh, yeah, and and did it and, get you some some return? No, not financially. No, it no. did. Well, of it's course a, not. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's and that's the thing with marketing. St- the mar- marketing stuff is a, is a snowball thing. You can't just do yeah. one campaign. You have to do yeah. like a bunch of them over yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like either way, but the point being was like, like I noticed growth on Instagram. I noticed growth on Facebook. Yeah, um, that's that's something. I saw nothing with Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Quite not, not only did we see nothing, we had the marketing, the the, the, the consultant come back and say, "Hey, man, listen." Unless you're putting this amount of money into Spotify, which just for those who are interested, it's a thousand dollars or up. Unless you're putting that amount of money into an ad campaign on Spotify, it does nothing. I've never done that, by so, the way. Never. I didn't even know it was a thing to do yeah. an ad campaign on Spotify. But we had more oh, like we, a radio ad on their like I don't even know on what their it free do- platform. I don't even know what I it thought is. Thought about that one time, but that, never did it. That might be a th- that, that that's probably a thing that you can do. I don't know what the the marketing strategy is on Spotify. I know that we allocated a certain amount of our budget to go to Spotify over a certain period of time, yeah. and the number was two hundred fifty dollars over the course of a certain amount of time because this is about, all about transparency. Uh, and big bucks right there. And dude. they said unless you're doing something a thousand dollars or above, it literally does nothing. And they they were they were I'm not going to say the names, but they were dropping some big artists that they were uh, uh, working with, telling me that. Those they couldn't do, afford those uh, ads, so they were they weren't even putting money into Spotify. So, yeah. Because yeah. that's how little money actually does on Spotify. Yeah. I don't know what the thing is with Spotify. They Dude. told me consistency, releasing singles monthly, uh, putting a record out, and then within a year putting out another thing. Dude. Yeah, they'll say that shit. They'll say that like, shit, but no one fucking knows. I don't know, man. I'm right now. I'm caught in a dilemma because I made an album of healing music that I think is so pretty and I don't know if I want to release it under this name Leslie Vane or not because I feel like oh, it's going to fuck up my algorithm and like a couple of my friends have been like dude do it like do it like it totally goes with your like brand it totally goes with like who you are and it's like the most aligned thing with who you are as a human being so you should do it under the same name that you're doing all the other things that are aligned with who you are as a human being but I'm still torn I still haven't decided um I mean, uh, this album of healing music, I'm stoked on it. I think it's beautiful. It's short. It's a good little album. It's like 25 minutes of like gorgeous, like synth music with like, I was inspired by like Takashi Kokubo, just like cute music, (laughs) like really like, really like melodic healing music. And it's got like nature sounds and, and synthesizer. And that's all it really is. And I made it while my grandmother was passing. She was, I couldn't visit because of the COVID restrictions. I knew she was passing. This was a few months ago and I couldn't do anything but make, just make this healing music and I made it. And, um, and, and now I don't know what to do with it because of that exact thing. I'm like, will it dilute, dilute my algorithmic potency on all these platforms? You don't think it will? No. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an exact example of who to look at. Cool. that's, That's breaking that mold. Cool. Are you familiar with Corey Wong? No. Well, yeah, the guitarist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. So yeah. this dude has... Wolfpack re- and shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he is so far beyond that. This dude has released... He's amazing. Yeah. An album... Was he, it like seven albums last year? No, no. He released 
11 albums 11. over the course of one year. Are they all different? Yes. Really? Completely different. Really? One was a meditation record that actually got nominated oh. for an album, for, for, for an Oscar, not okay, Oscar, cool. uh, Grammy Award. Uh, that he uh, that he did with John Baptiste. Uh, uh, cool. And then wh- one was uh, he just released one with uh, uh, Dirty Loops, which does like all these. Yeah, I love Dirty Loops, man. Bro, yeah, he- I remember them from the like like that toxic Britney Spears yes, cover, like yes. back in like two thousand nine or whatever. Yeah, that bro. was fucking awesome. He, he just did an, a, an original <laughs> collab with them, and it's yeah. fucking amazing. I actually, then, I saw that video. I saw that video. He released then, a whole album with them. Yeah, that was good stuff. It's amazing, it really bro. good. So the imagine, whole album? Yeah, bro. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, of all that kind of shit. So from that cool. to just deep meditation music to like straight up funk, just like to straight up pop music, he's doing all of it, and he's releasing it at a rapid, like an alarmingly rapid rate. I'm like, this awesome. guy must be doing something. There's no way anyone's that creative all the time. But, and also that productive on the business yeah. end, right? It's probably the harvesting of like several years of creativity and it's all harvesting at once. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but that's an awesome thing. And or he's Adderall, got two, so. it, yeah, or Adderall. or Adderall. He's got two. <laughs> meth. Meth. Straight meth. He's also got. He's also got. seen a play before? I yeah. mean, that's Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's really on time though. I feel like he'd be pretty ahead. I mean, I don't think there's ever that. been anybody on Adderall late for anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fair enough dude yeah. fair enough he's uh, good he's yeah. also got two acoustic albums that he put out one okay. for uh it was like a morning thing and then it was like an evening thing it was a whole like thing like ragas almost yeah it, well no it was it was <laughs> it was pretty straightforward like 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 songwriting stuff but the vibe that he was going for it was almost like blue like like folk meets bluegrass meets singer songwriter kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I freaked yeah. out and when like Bright Eyes came out with two albums on one day, man. Yeah, that was awesome. And yeah. that, that was the only thing that was close to that. And then he, yeah, eleven. And all and like the Tom ba- Brady of music, right? Ba- now. <laughs> <laughs> and just and just back to the point of like I don't think it's gonna ruin your brand. I actually That's think that cool. it, it helps diversify. Yeah, I actually really your, your thing. You know what I mean? That's awesome. What were the what were the synthesizers you were using? I'm that's, I'm a big synthesizer. Uh, dude, I was using Software Sense. Man. What? Yeah. I was using the Arteria V Collection, pretty I'm much. Very familiar with that. Yeah, yeah and like. You can do so much with it. I, know, I love yeah. it. They're kind of my favorite. Like I, they just I, sound so good. I love subtracted synthesis, and it you yeah. can do as much as you can on a computer. Probably, well, of course you can do more, but it's the same exact yeah. like engine that you have on any. There any, is like, a, that's my that's my yeah. virus right behind you. That, oh, beautiful. The the virus Ti two, and you can do everything in the world with that. That's but, gorgeous. But the uh, 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 what you call it. Um, Arturia, the DAW that yeah. comes with the it comes with the keyboard too. Oh, oh I right. didn't I didn't get the keyboard for well, it. Sometimes but. it comes with the keyboard. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. sometimes. But, uh, 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 but yeah, I've always wanted to do that because that's her whole thing. Is like, yeah, you can, and that's the the access virus thing too. Is like, yeah, you can make stuff on here, but if you really just go to your computer real quick, you can do whatever you want on. It's fun, man. Yeah, I absolutely. love it. And that's all yeah. that's in it, anyways, is a computer. So yeah, yeah. I don't anybody making synthesizers on a computer that's. Was like, well, it was not analog. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not a rich man, and you gotta be a, you know, you gotta be either really committed yeah. or wealthy to do to do real analog synthesis all the time. Yeah, and like, um, I have a couple of friends who are really committed to analog synthesis, and they're wizards, and they teach me so much. But I take it, and I'm like, I take the lessons I learn, and I take them into the software because will, like that's all I can afford. I will say, to the the best way to learn subtractive synthesis, without a doubt, is 
get yourself I, I would say a run-of-the-mill analog synthesizer hands-on like dude absolutely and i've had plenty of hands-on experience and that's where it and like that, that's where it comes in you, mm-hmm. but it's the same exact then you thing. know what you want Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I want to hear that for sure. Awesome. I'll send it to you guys. Well, I'll, um, I'll just say on on Spotify, like he said, I don't think it's gonna dilute dilute you anyway. Not, cool. not at all, man. Yeah. I, I would say I would say maybe. Aren't you coming out with a, another album soon too? First single. Yeah, I think I'll come out with an album. Um, <clears throat> or maybe spring. What did you say? I've got two albums going right now. One is like a folk record that right. I recorded in the barn in in uh, North Carolina last year. And one is, and that's already pretty much done. I just need to get, I just want Landon to put some more pedal steel on it, honestly. Like, I'm listening to it. I'm like, I just want more, like, lilting pedal steel. And then it'll be done. So that album's pretty much done. And then I've got this record of, like, it's a combination of, like, like psychedelic pop tunes, like, almost kind of like disco-y shit that like the two new singles I'm putting out and then a bunch of like 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 bossa nova stuff it's like really sunny like really beachy shit like it's like all really beachy stuff that's what I was and that's coming out hopefully in the spring spring like the like all the album cycles or whatever you want to say just content content is king content 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 sure is I would just fucking just 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 another one out there just toss it out there yeah the healing music the folk album and the like in the like, like, poppy, catchy album. Because now I definitely want to hear it. It was all the synthy for sure. Yeah, it's really chill. It's like really a lot, chill. Of, lot of pads and hypersaws and all that. It is. It's melodic. It's like, um, it's like a. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's okay. it's melodic. It's tinkly and pretty. And that there's some sounds that I recorded in the woods of North Carolina. In oh, it, I love that. Like, throughout the whole album. And there's like there's water and there's birds and there's. Where were like, you up in North Carolina? I stay uh, so I'm going up actually in Cause the day you, after you tomorrow. I'm going back. Last yeah. month, right? Yeah, I go up to this place called Snaggy Mountain. Um, <laughs> Where's that at? Yeah, it's in Burnsville, North Carolina. It's like an hour, um, I guess, west northwest of, of Asheville. Okay. And um, a good friend of mine has this place called snaggy mountain and it's an artist retreat and it's really so beautiful and he's been putting on shows there lately so we did one last month and we're doing one again on um this saturday so i'll be up there this saturday playing yeah i'm going up on wednesday and we're going to rehearse i I like to play with some people up there so we like to play together we have kind of like a little jam band up there like and a little like uh sometimes we play my music sometimes we play other people's music are you going to be up there during thanksgiving no, I'm going to be in Zion, weirdly. My family's going to Zion National Park for Thanksgiving. Right, never mind. Gonna be I'm going to go. I got a cabin in the woods in, for uh, Thanksgiving yeah. vacation yeah. for Asheville. Yes. I was like, well, fuck it. Like, Damn, I'm off. And, like, I'm, I'm getting away from everybody for a fucking weekend. Good for you. Yeah. That's it's, good. It's an adorable little place. Nice. That's it's amazing. A, it's on a, uh, a goat and chicken farm. Uh, that's like, my yeah. place? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's in uh, uh, Hendersonville. Nice. Oh, that's that's my, a nice my place. Places in Andersonville, so yeah. that's awesome. But it's nice. It's not. Yeah. Um, Anyways, that's awesome. Yeah, I can't if, wait. I love it if, up there, man. Uh, if, uh, just back to, to to your stuff real quick. If it's any consolation, uh, I think that your music, what you have out there right now, is so uh, diverse and so uniquely you that I think the people that are following that and that, that appreciate it will 
listen to whatever you put out. Yeah, they'd eat no, it up. Yeah, I don't Thanks. think that there's, there's anything that you're going to put out that's going to be off-brand. Because I have a feeling, Thanks. like, if I listen to your healing music or the folk record that you want to do or whatever that you're going to be putting out, I have a feeling, like... Me, I, I'm a genuine fan of the of your music, and I Thanks, think that I'm gonna man. that I'm gonna appreciate and really like any or love anything that you put out. Cool, man. That feels good. Thank so, you. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm, I, really I don't just you. I don't just <laughs> say those things. Uh, trust me, I really believe that. <laughs> I and usually hate everything. I usually hate everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just extremely, awesome. I'm extremely just you know obviously Dude. nitpicky when it when, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Thanks, man. So I think that you cool. know whatever you put out cool. there, man. I think that it, it will not be off brand. I think that you've got a genuine authenticness about what you do. Cool. And that's all gonna fall into your thing. Thanks. Genuine. Genuine. Oh man. Say that. My whole life has changed. <sighs> yeah, I just say about that I, <laughs> I just say that there's one genre that, that I can't stand, and it's just 90s R&B. Oh, oh I love God. that shit. That's what the sad, fuck, bro. man? I can't fucking Dude, stand. oh, no. I'm writing a song right now that is completely ripped from that genuine song, dude. It's probably the That's one like, song I love like that, that you put song. out. <laughs> yeah, it probably you know, is. I probably, I love that song, dude. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's something about it to me that just... Like I can, I saw this documentary on Boys to Men, and like, don't I appreciate? Don't, do not say what you're. About I appreciate to say. the talent <laughs> that, that it takes to do what they did. <laughs> I just don't like the music, man. Fair you enough. A whole gang war with. That's pretty much how right I feel now. about Bruce Springsteen, dude. It's cool. It's right? Chill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, that's it's what I'm chill, saying. Man, there's just, nothing wrong with that. Some shit just doesn't hit you, and that's you don't connect like, with it. You don't connect with it, man. Yeah. there's nothing man. fucking personal about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't exactly. have to be fucking emotional. Exactly, <laughs> and that's the problem with people in music, right? Is that people have such an emotional connection to people it? Go what? Yeah, you don't like this? It's it's almost like how politics. could you not like that? Yeah, exactly. No, like oh, I said, God, time and time so again, arbitrary. the worst part about music is that everybody likes it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's one hundred percent true. Right. Uh, wrap it up with our popular opinions, tough guy. Let's do it. What do you, you, did you work on your other two while we were talking? Uh, I've been thinking about some stuff. You've been thinking about some stuff. Yeah, so I think do I'm gonna. You, you want me to go first? Well, I think what I'm gonna. I think my first unpopular opinion is gonna be that I don't like '90s R&B music. Well, <laughs> I okay, and and I understand that's fair, but like, all right. So what about some bangers that everybody likes? Like, like what? Like I don't. Uh, there's not like. Going all the way like, what about 2000s R and B? Yeah, like what, what about, about Usher? Like, dude? Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. Is Usher, man? You don't like that? I, I don't remember, like... but like, I remember Usher when I was like in, in elementary school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I can't stand that Banger, shit, bro. Right I'm not saying they're not bangers. Obviously, they're bangers. People Trapped like in the them, right? Closet R. Kelly. I did like Ignition though. I did like Ignition. I mean, they're remixed too. Ignition. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. And fresh out the kitchen. Yeah, that was a good one. It was catchy. There's just a lot in that body. I think like, man, like, what about like, my pony, genuine? <laughs> I think R and B and soul reaches pinnacle in like the seventies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then it got really cheesy after Let's that. The eighties. Boys to men is right out. They're they're incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. All right, to be fair, that seventies R and B, Curtis Mayfield, very potent, very oh, intellectual, yeah. potent, great. amazing. Curtis Mayfield, like I've been on that shit lately Socially again. Aware. Just like remembering how strong of a voice he had for like the for like. Yeah, for the for people, power to the people. You know yeah, that man. shit. Oh God, like yeah. so Wright, good. Fucking Al you know? Green, fucking Marvin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that Green. shit is. Yeah, yeah for sure. We're What's like, going on? I mean, 
that shit is way different than 90s and 2000s R&B, which yeah. is literally like, I want to fuck you, girl. Yeah. Like, all of it, it like, all like, of it is about sex. It's just like, whiny. It just sounds really whiny. all of it is about sex to be killed. No, no. not no, true. Not, not Curtis Mayfield. Not Marvin Gaye. Not Marvin Gaye. Gaye. The Pusher Man, I guess that's the, about it. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no, like, no. Marvin, or, or, no, like, uh, they Curtis had, like, Mayfield profoundly was, political and, like, intellectual yeah, songs. I guess. They, they, they were, really like, on the, on the beat, like, they were, like, yeah. not on the beat, like, like out in the streets, like, like this is what's happening. Yeah, dude, they right were now. involved. That is true. They were true. really involved, yeah, man. Like, like, so there is some. What happened there? They just switched it to be like, this is baby making music. Well, what happened was that fucking record labels got their greasy fucking hands Ooh. on it and they found out the angle right it's like well this sound pe- people like the way that, 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 that this sounds right yeah but let's not make it so political right because we don't want to fucking yeah what because white people need to buy this shit right dude number Ooh. crunchers are always gonna like i mean to use my shitty music for an example number crunchers are always gonna like atlanta girls over fucking you know whatever obscure bullshit I release next. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, like they're, yeah, I'm just saying like, they're always going to like the like, you know, the whatever. thing that affirms the way, the status quo. Exactly. The thing that affirms the status quo is what the money's going to like. So maybe exactly. that was, that's that, the secret. That, that's, that's what it's, that, that's right. songs about the way things are. Right? <laughs> the way well, things exactly are. Well, yeah. Without the way that we like it. Not necessarily though, right? Because <laughs> that's, that's why what country music doing. does so well. Because, because that's all they talk about. It, it's yeah. just like, yeah, I'm just fucking hanging out in my fucking truck. And that's why going 90s down to the so lake. Because well. yeah. it's just all about sex. Yeah. But like in this, but, but, but early, R&B and soul music was yep. much more political than that and they were yeah. like hey let's try and make, you know the, the the majority of the population was you know, still is white right so yeah. let's take the political shit out because white people don't want to hear that shit they're not going to buy this record and we'll just make it all about sex and then you know then it sells to everybody Everybody's right? buy so there that. you go that's yeah. what that's what happened but boys to men and then you get boys to men but that's I know the there's, there's still politically like potent stuff from that era too which right now I'm struggling to the 90s it's there. It existed. Definitely was right happening now, from Usher. To recall, I can say that much not, right no, now. Definitely I'm not, not steeped sure. in my in my like, musical Tupac, lore right now. <laughs> right, like, like, there's a lot of hip hop from that era that I yeah. love. Now right? that shit, yeah. See, that I, was where the, the the profundity is only ever happening where it's happening, and like the authenticity is only ever happening where it's happening. It's not happening everywhere at once. It can only ever happen where it's happening. And right. It's like, and it's like, and I find that true in like spiritual movements too. It's like there was a time when like certain maybe certain christian movements had the like had the spiritual authenticity happening and then like and then that was taken over by this like commercial serpent right and the same shit happens in all kinds of other movements um like uh whatever it might be like a a, yeah like a spiritual movement be taken over like you know yoga meditation is so popular and like they became, you know, like mindfulness meditation became like a, a corporate like drug yeah. to like allow to allow like people who are like fucking people over every day to feel better about themselves because they can clear their mind so easily, Even- you know. And it's like that that kind of like, you know, that kind of thing is happening all the time at every level of of everything. So that like authenticity only exists where it exists in that moment, and like. And you just find it where you find it, and you just gotta appreciate it there. I just got my second right. unpopular opinion. Well, I'm gonna on, fucking but wait until you do yours, do but that was a thank you for saying that because yeah. I'm about to fucking I'm about to <laughs> rail on mindfulness meditation uh, 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 or no. mindlessness meditation. <laughs> That's hilarious, mindlessness. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 in that it's 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 you'll you'll hear it. 
Go, go ahead, Bill. What's Can your, I pee? You guys? Oh yeah, do mind if I go to the bathroom? Yeah, we'll keep sure. this going. We'll keep drinking this mad bourbon. You yeah, guys take just... a break. We're just go on. We're gonna keep doing our profundity right here. This yeah. is only happening right here. What is? No, you're what's, good. What's profundity mean? Profound. But it's you could just say we're. Oh, we're. Wow, it's like a noun. Yeah. Profundity. Yeah. I kind of want to wait for him to come back for me to do the second yeah. part of opinion. Let's wait. All right. What you been up to? Well, I've uh, been. Uh, I I. How did you enjoy your Sunday off? I didn't have it off. What do you mean? We drove all day back to back to Jacksonville. Then I had to we, play a gig. For the record, we didn't drive all day. Sean did. Sean our drove bassist, all day. And uh, I you, slept. But yeah, let's talk about how you sleep. Yeah. You slept. Uh, the way that you like, okay, you were uh, just really in to communion, is what it was like you were doing. <laughs> what? You were, had your knees down on the altar, and you just just put your head straight down on the the seat. Yeah. Uh, so for those, who, like, I was on the floor of the van. Yeah. And I was put. My, I rest my head on the seat. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were just out. I was out. Once I did that, I felt so comfortable. And that's how I used to sleep in high school. That's so how that's, weird. I'd sleep through your class. Your body like is that. so strange to me too. But the second thing is you uh you squat. All yeah, the time. I'm a squatter. You squat. Nobody squats. I know. It's very strange. Why is that strange? To because you? It, because it, it everybody is to me. should? No, it's strange It's strange to me that I do that. Yeah. Because I know nobody very, else does that. It's very, very weird. It's like... It's comfortable. Almost as like the way that like a lizard would like stand on their <laughs> okay. hind legs. Yeah. Like some sort of reptilian person. Because it seems very uncomfortable. But you... I will, I've seen him uh, squat for hours. Yeah. It's just like, I'm just going to squat like this and then just be on my phone. Yeah. Or not even be on your phone. Just like have a cigarette and then just like just just squat and it's just weird to me. It's comfortable, yeah. It's but anyways, we did that for uh, five, six hours, whatever it was, back Squatting? to Jacksonville. No, the the driving, and then I then I had a gig that that, that afternoon. Oh yeah, where'd you play? ABBQ. Oh yeah, they took real care of you there, right? Oh yeah, and they you and, and they took they took real good care of me this time around. Good. Yeah. I'm happy. Uh, I did not do that. I slept forever and then i uh went what did i do i can't even remember i hung out with carrie the whole time oh nice it was very nice and then i went to Publix, and i got a cinnamon broom and a pumpkin and i'm not carving it why i uh that's a good unpopular opinion it's not even a popular opinion it's just every man's opinion i hate crafts you hate crafts right yeah me and aaron were talking about this a couple of days well we were waiting for you to come over before we left on tour on thursday or, or friday sorry i whatever day i can't remember but he uh uh i was talking to her like i'm not gonna see my girlfriend for a while because i got like two tours two two tours that's so hard to say two tours in a row so on sunday her favorite thing to do is to craft. That's every woman's favorite thing to do. It's going to have a very, very interesting take now. But basically, no man wants to do that. And I think it has to do with the masculinity, which is we want to complete something in the fastest way possible, the <laughs> most efficient way possible, right? Yeah. And uh, crafting is the opposite of that. Right. It is just you just, just going around and just fucking just the, 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 the fun of it heavy quotations is just making it yeah i hate all of that just as if i can i but anyways did you see that uh s cinnamon cat uh a gingerbread cat that's in there yeah 
yeah, that was my Sunday. Yeah, that was your Sunday. You just crafted. I love I love that's you cool. so much that that's what I did is I crafted a fucking gingerbread cat for you. That's a beautiful cool. way to spend an afternoon. Man. Yeah, okay, D's thrown. Anyways, <laughs> my my uh, my first unpopular opinion is, and this is great. Uh, I hope Jeff Bezos dies in space. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking like if he's gonna bring up another fucking uh, 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 American Jim like William Shatner or I don't know who's like if he's gonna bring up Betty White. I want the Betty whole. <laughs> I'm just saying. I want the whole thing to explode on re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, and Dude, everybody yeah. sees it. I Why? love all the memes comparing uh, Jeff Bezos to Doctor Evil. It's oh fucking God, so funny. God, it's like the exact same it's thing. So funny. Yeah, yeah. I just want to fuck die that. In space. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck, fuck that. Right? I mean, yeah. I I <clears throat> I got off Amazon Prime. I think almost four years ago now. Wow. I'm, I'm missing out some good shows. I will say. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, dude. I'm not missing anything. Do you like? Do you like? Uh, I'm not missing anything. You're about to though. Do you like Lord I of the Rings no at all? I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Do you know that Jeff Bezos bought the rights to Lord of the Rings? Fuck Jeff Bezos. And that he's making dude. a Game of Thrones style TV show about Ugh, Lord of the Rings. That's garbage. That will be no good. For oh, he bought the rights to it for eight hundred fifty million dollars. That's which fine. Is I've got the books, man. Change. I can just read the books again. Like, I'm so excited fine. for it. Like I'm definitely watching <laughs> it. Like obviously Jeff Bezos like dying space, but also just everybody else. <laughs> Make an animatronic fucking I mean, yeah, there's, version yeah. of them. And there's something to be said for powerful people paying for really good art. It just, it's always been that way. Yeah. Medici's, and it's whatever. And it's always been that way. And maybe that's my other unpopular opinion is that I don't actually hate that. You don't hate what? Dude, there's nothing to hate. I don't. I, I don't you hate it. You're resisting the, the universe. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't hate Jeff Bezos. I don't hate Amazon. I don't hate like. Yeah. You know, like, I don't hate Amazon. Hmm. I don't hate Amazon. I just don't think it's the like highest good for like the society. So I, I don't, agree. I don't oh, support not. it. But I don't society hate it. Society right now is really. not promoting the highest good of anything. That's They're why not. we it's we're all consumer money, culture. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's, and be somebody Amazon. And I yeah, I'd rather support smaller things. Oh, hundred percent. That's why I don't support Amazon. One hundred percent as much as I can. Yeah, when he, when I agree. He had that con- press conference and he just said to everybody in the camera, "I want to thank all of you for letting me go to space." Yeah. I wanted to strangle him through the TV. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Yeah, dude, he's winning, that. dude. He's got your feelings all twisted oh, around him, man. man. He's yeah. winning. Yeah, 100%. He's winning. He might be a little tone deaf, but I mean, you know, he's doing a lot. There's a lot of good things that are happening as well. You if know? you gave away, if he gave away $119 billion, he'd still be a billionaire. And that's mm-hmm. the way I think of it. All right. So fuck Yeah, him. that's. Uh, it's it's weird. Money's weird because it's like we talk about things in lump sums of money, but that's not how they are. Right. And they're like really like measures of like influence and power that people wield. Oh, and yeah. It's like this weird, arbitrary, like imagined thing. I just don't think about it a lot anymore because well, it's like because I don't have a lot of it and I probably won't ever. So like I'm just kind well, of like, but yeah, like it's easy for me to get bothered by a guy could, like him as well. For sure, but I try not to get bothered. It's by not a guy money; like him. it's something else. You know, he'd yeah. rather it be money than like than 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 brute force, right? Yeah, fair like, enough. I mean, there's like, a bit of that it, too, it, though. It, it's never they it, don't treat workers too well. I have a friend that works for Amazon that's fucking crushing it. He's not in the warehouse. Oh, yeah. and you and I both because know that. because. They, uh, because they they hire from within, and they mm. will they, if you if they if they want you to to relocate, they pay for all the expenses. So there's a bit of a they, ladder going. Full yeah. fucking benefits. I mean, like that's good. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Like you might have to start off doing grunt work, but yeah. you're still getting paid like close to twenty dollars an hour when you're starting out, oh, and cool. it's close. I mean, look, look, we don't have to get into that's all of it. That's not what that's not what I've heard ever before. So that's cool to hear. 
that's yeah awesome. that, that when people tell me that like like when i hear all the rumors about it 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 surprises me because i have a friend that literally started from the bottom and has been working like his a, way like up. in warehouse work or? oh yeah. yeah oh yeah i'm talking like the like the lowest of the lowest cool and was well, like that's encouraging and he was always like yeah, it's not great but you know and and the pay is not amazing but he's like the opportunity for growth he's like and they give you like they give you stocks so, you know, that's I mean? good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Publix does that too. It's like, like there, there's all these benefits that come with it, and so I hear shit like that. I'm like, okay, is is it doing damage to, to society on some level? Probably. Is it neo feudalism? Like a little bit. Yeah. But like, is there are there some extra perks that you didn't get in like OG feudalism? <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just like I, I, I don't. <laughs> They're giving I, them cotton to make their own shirts. I just <laughs> that's so okay. nice of them. I choose, it's all about perspective, man. You know what I I'm, mean? Hey, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's this true, is man. what segment is this? The unpopular opinion. There you go. Yeah. Unpopular opinion. Anyways, right. hope he explodes in, on on reentering the airside. So okay, hundred so percent. My, my second, up, my second unpopular opinion like is uh, <laughs> go back to you what you were saying earlier about uh, how things kind of get caught up in the commercial zeitgeist, I guess, and get turned into something that's like not, uh, these, these good ideas with good intentions turned into something that are, that are not so great. Uh, I feel like science is becoming that thing right now. Dude, whoa. Science I'm, is ooh. becoming something that's not I was, great. Yeah, I'll go there with you, man. What do you mean? I'll go there with I, you. I believe that, like, like uh, Lazuli was saying earlier, how religion, like there's, there's probably like these nuggets of, or these periods of time where Christianity or any movement really had a real profound impact on society where there was a vision. Yeah. A a clear vision that actually lent that actually lent like efficacious, like, uh, uh, potency to, to the emerging possibility of where things could go. Exactly. Yeah. And I believe that, uh, science has been usurped by, uh, by the the masses to it's, be used as a weapon. Yeah, it's a, it's dogmatic. Yeah, exactly. It's dogmatic religion now. Exactly. Yeah. Where to the point where where 100%. we're not using science anymore to to rationalize science. We're using, uh, we're using we're using emotions as a me. We're using science as a tool to subjugate people now. Yeah. Uh, a, and that's the same way that religion was used to subjugate people after a certain point, and the same way that every other thi- every other trend really at some yeah. point or another, and science has become a trend. Can you give me an example? COVID. Oh, oh, okay. Now I know what you're trying to say. You know what about. I mean? No, I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, what? They, they, they're just like uh, we're gonna have like a biased opinion and have an experiment to prove that biased opinion. Is that what you're trying to say? What I'm saying, yeah. Well, that, well, that using that instead of another. Supreme power, which is well, which would be religion. No, is it? What what, no, what, what's they're using the th- they're using this thing, which is obviously very dangerous and real. Okay. Yeah, the but, idea is like corporate sanctioned science, like science that has been that has been um, signed off as kosher by the establishment, is is the defining word of truth. Oh, I see. Whereas that. Are like those like the science that's being practiced at that level is like is inherently corrupted by the monetary incentives that are driving it so that like so that you don't get like real science you get you get a perverse like lower shadowy science that is like dogmatic it's a dogmatic um 
it's a, it's a dogmatic religion that is based on the very things that all dogmatic religions have been on, having been raised in a very dogmatic religion and having seen that bullshit constantly from a young age, it feels no different at all than the public discourse surrounding COVID. Right. At all. Like the, the feeling that I got growing up in a fundamentalist church is exactly the same feeling of like how people talk about COVID, dude. That's yeah. my unpopular opinion too. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll, I'll fucking go all the way on that shit. 100%. I, I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah, but I'll yeah, probably just, get flack for I, it. I but like, that's, with you, but yeah. no, I know. No, but it's just an unpopular opinion, so that's the whole point. Yeah, the, it's the, the whole point. And, it's and, disagree. And, <laughs> it's the whole point. And, and, and there's just Because certain, it's truth. I mean, that's like mathematical truth. Yeah, because like, we, we, we know Period. that there's certain things being put into place that just like, why are we doing that? We're going, we're going beyond what the science is telling us and we're just doing things now as as more of a uh as a a statement than than as uh, to, to say that 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 I'm a good person because yeah. I care uh, more than you do. You and it doesn't just have to do with covid. Bert, There's a Bert replication crisis Across, across the board, the board. yeah 100%. with everything in science right now there's a replication crisis going on like mm. you can't replicate the experiments that have been like posited as like you know the pinnacle of like scientific achievement like people can't do it again aren't, aren't, yeah they're really? not able to replicate themselves interesting like there's a replication crisis going on because most of the experience experiments that are being done they're being funded by these certain like uh, entities that have desired outcomes and the scientists involved are consciously or unconsciously attempting to uh, adhere to those outcomes that will get them funding, which is just natural survival mechanism. No this is and you're trying to get funding. And so you're adhering to those outcomes yeah. subconsciously or, 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 or totally consciously. Yeah. You're either manipulating data or you're just like wishfully believing these things. And what's weird is like, uh, like, the belief you have in an outcome has an effect on the experiment, which has an effect on the reality. And reality is showing itself to be fucking so wishy-washy. Yeah. To start with, I don't know where the beginning and end of this thing is, man. Like, I don't know if I can say that it's, like, corrupt or if it's just the way things are. That, like, reality is so, so malleable that it just, like, bends to our will. That's like, what it is. It's there's weird magic in the universe well, too. I like, think that's, yeah, science that's, is weird, man. That's a good All I'm saying is like, opinion. like science like should be able to question science. That's yeah. like that's like, thing, and if you right? can't question science, it's not fucking science. That's what they do every time they do an experiment. Everybody questions them and yeah. then peer reviews it, and then it yeah. becomes ideally. It's, it's but ideally. is that what really happens? Yeah. Yeah. Not it's always. It's, yeah. it's, it's what we were talking not about. Not always. Not always. You and I talked about this recently, right? No, I know. The global warming thing. What I believe, in my opinion, if it's science and. Uh, you know, all these God, I'm gonna are, get fucked no, for this podcast, no, you guys. No, you guys no, no, have no. fucked me. No, no, bro. No, maybe, maybe your local shyness and this will actually go viral. Everybody <laughs> will start watching us now. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's we here's, need a martyr, honestly. Yeah, I don't so. want to be a martyr. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. not willing. No. Not willing. Yeah, I'm going on says. record. I'm not willing to be a martyr. I don't, <laughs> think, I, don't think it's worth it. I don't think any of this thing is worth fucking dying for. Like, I think everything's fucking bullshit, and I don't want to die for it. Like, I really don't. Like, I. Don't, dude. Like, I think, like, everyone's <laughs> full of fucking shit. That's my unpopular opinion. You haven't? I think everyone's on fucking, like, on a fucking ego trip, man. Like, everything, every fucking opinion going around is bullshit, dude. Everybody. Every opinion going around is fucking bullshit. That's, that's does true. not take in, like, the fucking reality of life. I'm drunk enough to say that right well, now. Well, everybody's got an opinion. You haven't said anything. Nothing wrong with having an opinion. Yeah. Just All I'm saying it. is... 
Doesn't no one's anything. opinion is going to encapsulate reality. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah, 100%. that's all I'm saying. No one's opinion is going to encapsulate reality. That's my unpopular opinion, <laughs> is that no one's opinion is going to encapsulate reality. Therefore, I'm not going to subscribe to anyone's opinion. Yeah. And, and, when, and when I'm asked of my opinion, it's going to be ambiguous. It's going to be self-contradictory. <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, informed by many myriad streams of fucking ideas that, like, that all contradict each other because life is way too complex for us to swallow it and pretend we fucking understand it i love it God. i'm into that okay. that's good i'm on one dude <laughs> Bill, uh, what's, your, what's your this is your second one right this is this is my second one uh this is about music and this is actually going because cool. it, it, both of you will never not agree with me uh ghost notes are not notes <laughs> i agree and, with that and then grace notes are better okay uh hmm. First off, ghost notes are for sure notes. Unpopular opinion, and no, they're not. That's not an opinion. That this is fact. Okay, they're being played. What key are they in? <laughs> <laughs> what key is anything that the drummer's doing in? They're tuned to, to stuff. Oh my god, that's funny. It's grace notes, ghost notes. Yeah, grace notes are better. This shit all falls into the soup of unmeaning to I me. I know. I fucking love it. This is, a, this is a good one. I wrote this I wrote this down. I was like, this is a fucking good one. That's something only a non-musician would say. Come on, say. talk about it, though. That's, <laughs> why, I, that's why I wrote it down. Yeah, I've got no opinion. To be fair, <laughs> I don't, I don't really, I don't really believe <laughs> yeah. this. I don't really. I've got believe no this. opinion about this. I, I don't really. Believe music this. is music, man. Yeah, it's just music. I mean, if you play a microtone, what is that? It's like, like if you play a ghost like a, note, note is that? Not, it's like it's a, a little tone. tone. It's what if it's tone. a note between the note between the note? That's not a note. I mean, this is like <laughs> opinions too, though. No, this is I like know. opinions too. I know. It's all the same shit. The real like, sound, though, right? It's, it's not a opinion. Note between the note that, between the that's note. That's kind of science, though, right? When it, that, that actually makes a sound, right? <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> that, be we actually hit a string, and it actually makes a sound. But the vibrations <laughs> exist in reality, right? Oh my right? goodness! I was. I, this is not actually my opinion. I just thought it'd be a funny thing to say. For first, first off, like they're, they're basically the same thing. Yeah. Ghost notes but, and grace notes. That was, the, before I before I wrote down that ghost notes are not real. I wrote grace notes are better than ghost notes, which is just funny to say because it's kind of the same funny. thing. Almost yeah. the same thing. It's yeah. almost the same thing. Yeah. Except yeah. grace notes, you can actually write down on a piece of paper, and ghost notes, you can't. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. You cannot I don't, I write also, that down. I also don't read sheet music, so I don't know. No, that's the truth. Grace yeah. notes, they're so cute. They just got like a little thing with the little. Yeah. There you go. But you can actually write them down, and they're in classical music all the time. Ghost notes, so spooky, you can't fucking take a picture of them. Mostly drummers yeah, yeah. use them, or like percussive and Yeah, like bassists stuff, and yeah. stuff, they use yeah. stuff all the time. Guitar players, I just too. always, I was just fucking, just being stupid. You're just being instigator. Yeah. All right. I uh, like it. I like it. I like that one, right? So, I like it, yeah. Uh, my third unpopular spooky opinion is that uh, I want you to give me all of your unsolicited opinions about my show, and then extra po- bonus points... Uh, if you're not a musician, and then extra bonus points if I don't know you. <laughs> so, so you could be like, I really like, I really liked what you were playing, but then you started doing all this fucking dancey stuff, which actually happened the other night oh, at Nine Snow Four. It's like, yeah. well, I like all the Grateful Dead stuff you were doing, but then you started getting a little bit too new age. And then yeah, we well, said, he didn't say the Grateful Dead new, stuff because we don't do Grateful Dead right, stuff. Right, right, but right. But he was like, he was like, he's like, I, I like, like you guys start off like, like, you guys start off like really funky. I like the funky stuff that you were doing, but they got a little too new agey for and me. And when he said oh. new age, he means because I was playing a synthesizer. <laughs> yeah. And that another was, guy came up, he was like, new you know, wave. I, yeah. Yeah. New wave. No, 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 no. He said new age. He said new age. New age. Yeah. yeah. Were and you playing like synth pads only with like, were you burning incense? No. 
It was definitely not yeah. new age. It was definitely more like dancing. I was throwing synth-y. patchouli in yeah. the crowd. Is that yeah. what they were talking about? Was there Sanskrit involved? Yes, there was yeah. Sanskrit involved. I was building cigarettes <laughs> on stage. And they were like, it's too new age for me. I'm like, I'm trying to build a temple. Fuck. Another guy came up to me afterwards and was like, I feel like you're a better guitar player than what you did in this band tonight. And I was like, Okay. Wow. He's like, I feel like uh, there were wow. some notes. Dear Jesus Damn, Christ. Dude, there, there's, there's some notes where like, where, where you really like, were like, like Dana, some notes where you kind of were like missing stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. and then he was like, and I feel like your keyboard player was kind of started to steal the show. Yeah. And he really happen. shouldn't have done that. That'll happen. And I was like, I'm like, uh, which show is it? I don't <laughs> know who you are. Who let and this guy in? I didn't even ask you a question about what you thought of the show. show. I was buying that? a drink, and then you just said something to me. Uh, do more of that kind of stuff, people. <laughs> yeah. We love it. We love it, dude. It we makes love us, it. Yeah, Especially it really feels a fire. No background in music education or understanding I what it means to play I an instrument you. or write Madness. a song or anything. Please come up and tell us. <laughs> how we could have been better. Yeah, we don't come to your job and tell you how to flip burgers. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, my last one is I can't wait for Trump 2024 debates. Yeah. <laughs> like, straight up. That's going to be the best fucking television. Is that going to happen? Time. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Probably. I'm, I've not Trump been paying attention lately. Trump to DeSantis. He's already having rallies and everything like that. Oh, boy. I'm, I, I, I just want I want him to go back on and then somehow lose again. That would be great. Like, really icing on the cake. If he wins again, that would probably be a weird another four years. But I'm just trying to say I, I just I want to watch those those debates again. It was hilarious. Yeah. I, do you know uh, Sean Gillis, I think is his name, the comedian? Oh uh, yeah, he has this little bit uh, that he has now about Donald Trump. He's like, wow, has it been long enough that we could say that Donald Trump was funny again? Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> no, like, like, like back to back to back, like Trump uh, uh, debate winner of all time. Like he just he just came out and said, Ted Cruz, your your wife looks like a dog, just straight <laughs> up during there's, that. Like you can just say that. There's there's no because like, no, I don't agree with that. I was like, no, we all know you. I can't do Donald Trump. It's like we all know you have a dog wife. <laughs> And then Ted Cruz, like two weeks later, was like, Donald Trump for president for sure. Just let it get away with it. Yeah. I want that. Wow, I dude. want that stuff. Yeah. The weird groveling stuff that was going on. It was so fucking funny. I, in dude. a nihilist way that at the world politics, was ending. But politics is weird, man. Yeah, it is People weird. People are fucking, they'll give themselves all the way away. There, there they is. They will just let themselves, like, fucking be reduced to such ridiculous cartoons, man. Uh, I love it. There's nobody. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. I just love watching like just men, just f- like 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 really strong, powerful men, just like just crumble. <laughs> at, like just him, who has no history in politics at all, just coming up and just be like, oh, he's got a history in politics. Whatever. But the the fact that he's never had any office of power or anything like that, and then coming in and just being like, nah, wrong, wrong. Wrong like that to Hillary Clinton that time. God, it was so fucking in funny, some, man. In so, in some, so funny. Before he became the president <laughs> and during the debates, and in a way him becoming president was kind of revealing what? because what he showed yeah. was that you as a senator, yeah. as a congressman, as whatever you are, can't say what they mean want to. nothing. Yeah. And me, yeah. as the corporate interest, 
means everything. Yeah. Because guess what I can do? I can get up here and tell you that you have a small dick, that you have a fucking dog wife. Dog wife. That you have this and you're all this and that. And I can sit here and talk about like how fucking awesome I am yeah. and how much – and this person should go kick the shit out of that person for yeah. doing this. I can say whatever the fuck I want. And I win, motherfucker. I love it. That just goes to show everything that's wrong in this country. I know, and yeah. I love, I yeah. love yeah. watching it, it like, burn. There's, there's, there's so little, like, there's so little um, care for what, uh, for the, like, intellectual framework of, of, of like, of our society. Like, 100%. Our, 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 and, and our society actually has a pretty profound intellectual framework. It does. And we're like, and there's so many of us willing to give it away completely and, and, and try to remake it without fully understanding what's there to begin with. I don't fully understand what's there to begin with, but even the bit that I do know, I'm like, uh, there's a lot more to it than, than what makes it in our, in our everyday debates like our 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 um our society is is interesting and like and, and kind of like unparalleled in history it's like there's nothing there's been nothing like this before and 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 i don't think we should throw the baby out with the bathwater, man like definitely not there's a bunch wrong like there's so much wrong and there's so much to do with human rights and there's so much to get right with with you know there's so much to get right that we have not gotten right before with with race gender and like and with like you know just the understanding of like people being people like human beings are very complex and like and can take so many different different tracks through life and different forms and can take on different like identities and 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 that's not really like like if we can if we can get that right I don't know what I'm saying, really. All I'm <laughs> saying is that I don't want to see this country devolve into civil war, and I don't want to see, I don't want to see people killing each over each other over like ideologies. Like I want to see, I want to see people finding common ground between their ideologies and like making peace with one another. That's what I want to see. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%, like there's man. like like there's so much ideology going around, and ideology like. I don't know. I I really love Terrence McKenna. Like he, I think he had a weird fucking wisdom about him. Yeah, and, totally. And 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 he always talked about ide- ideology being, you know, not your friend specifically. You know, I you know, culture is not your friend. Ideology is not your friend. And and he's right. Like those things are memes. They're ideas that want to perpetuate themselves. Like they're like working along the like you know they're trying to survive like an ideology wants to survive and it's gonna like parasite or a virus yeah Yeah. and and so like like an ideology serves a purpose but you have to keep it in check right with reason you have to keep it in check with like okay well there's this other ideology that sits in direct opposition to this ideology and both ideologies are have something valid to say about you know and then this third ideology has something to criticize on both the other two ideologies and there's a fourth ideology that has something to criticize in the other three and there's a fifth and it goes on you know ad infinitum and like we pretend like there's two ideologies and we pretend like there's two political parties and that's fucking bullshit dude it's fucking bullshit. bullshit all i'm trying to say is 
I miss Monday Night Raw <laughs> featuring <laughs> Donald Trump 45. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not. I'm watching this as entertainment. I don't. I don't. I, to me, it's just like look at the rich people yelling at each no, other. No, I think you get yeah. it. I think you get. It. I think that's. Yeah, I think I'm that's right accurate. I'm not a fucking. I think that's accurate. Trump dude. thumper. I just miss that fucking just like <laughs> that chaos. God, he was so fucking funny, dude. Just him, just like just sniffing the whole time. Hillary Clinton talking. They're just going wrong. Wrong, yeah. wrong. God, that was so fucking funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I guess I like when it comes down to, it, I am a little bit of a nihilist, like dude. Yeah, I mean, because just because there's yeah, so much it. classist bullshit going yeah, yeah, on, yeah. and everyone's pandering and pretending like they're like fighting for the little man, oh, but they're fighting it. for them fucking selves. That's yeah. one of my favorite like, things ever. <laughs> yeah. Trump is Trump will has never known and will never know what it means to be in Born. a financially. A rough spot, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he, he's even if, even when he's pinned against the wall with like bankruptcy, a hundred percent. That's what, yeah. He's that, still that's, in a weird like untouchable place. There's 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 a certain point that you there's 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 a certain status that you get to in yeah. society where you will just never be broke. There's you, no way. You know what I mean? And like there, that that might be like a, like like a, a I don't know um, an advantage to being in the society because like. Technically, anybody could get to that point. But at the same time, his uh, his legacy at, <laughs> of of who he is legacy. just reveal just it does reveal <laughs> like we 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 elected the bully yeah. right everything you you were taught as a child yeah. about to not be a bully and respect everyone this and that like we just as as a society we prove that to be not true yeah right along with every other piece of information that we learned from elementary school, whether it be history or whatever, or whatever it was, we learned again that we were lied to yeah. and the bully does win. Unfortunately, every until we then. decide, but he to, lost too. He lost, bro. He, he definitely lo lost. He lost, but it was like, I mean, Maybe he lost and then, yeah, yeah, he lost, but I mean, oh, yeah, the, yeah, this gets pretty weird. If you want to try to get to the reality of all this, I think it gets really weird. And I'm not professing to know the reality of this, but I think the reality is different than that which is, than that which is commonly like paraded around. So I think the reality of what's going on in the world, I mean, is not what you're gonna hear on like, you know, like news outlets because not because anyone's like fucking in charge of all of it and they fucking figure out how to deceive everyone, but because the world is so infinitely complex that the narratives that we tell about the reality of life aren't real. They don't actually connect with the reality of life. The narratives we tell about the reality of life are narrow as shit and they don't describe the reality of what's really happening. That is the best way I've heard described ever because I've always been trying I've always tried to like figure out like how do you explain this without sounding like there's some kind of like Illuminati there's no I don't think there's it's, any big conspiracy it's, it's like it's like Terrence McKenna said like I, it's Trash Panda had a song called No No Control it was in, in the, and I pulled it from I wrote it uh, based on Terrence McKenna's idea that nobody's in control that's yeah. the way he said it he's like nobody's in control like yeah. the world's too complex like, yeah. no one can be in exactly. control of all of it you know what i mean like, like that's how he talks yeah that's that a know? good impression actually yeah. <laughs> yeah and he's like nobody's in control you know like and it's true like how how are you going to control the impulses of every insane human being right. on this planet right and how are you going to like 
pretend through ideology or propaganda or whatever to have a grip on people's opinions. I mean, you can do it to an extent and you can manipulate numbers and you can create polls and you can like you can influence you can influence massive amounts of people and move huge groups of people to do amazing things. And there's always going to be those other people standing by with crossed arms like, hmm, today I took a shit. I, you know, I, I, you know. I ate breakfast. I thought about life. You know, people who are grounded and they're like, wow, my life is actually like, you know, my, the reality of my life is grounded in what I did today and not in like this ideology that I believe about the world. And like, and there's always going to be millions of those people as well who aren't, aren't swayed quite as easily. Um, the watch, the, like kind of like the watchdogs of, of society. Yeah, and and it's in and it's in humility, man. It's like that's where the like that's where the strength is is in the humility of like people who don't profess to understand the arc of civilization or like pretend like humanity's on this great linear you know this linear path toward the stars, like through our civilization that somehow humanity's going to evolve to the stars, unbroken from like the you know the consumer the consumer like uh, capitalist paradigm and then all of a sudden now we're like traveling to you know Alpha Centauri Alpha Proxima and we're going to like you know meet of other civilizations like bull fucking shit dude what we're doing is we're experimenting with different ways of moving resources around and we're doing it badly and we're going to fail and out of that failure maybe we'll learn how to do something else and then maybe you know tens of thousands of years from now maybe we'll be in that situation do you know what i mean after like many civilizations have risen and fallen that's why i'm not a nihilist but i'm a very long-term thinker i'm like okay so like like you know evolution like we're one of many you know emergences of like anomalies like maybe at the end it'll all mean something when we're like you know then very like thousands of years later. Yeah. Okay. Maybe then, maybe then something like maybe then I, I had a vision once. I, I, I had a, um, went on a, on a psychedelic journey. I went and like blows my weekend I out was, of the water. I was stabbed. <laughs> I was stabbed in the spine by the mantis God and oh. sucked into the heart of the earth and shared <laughs> thoughts with the earth about it's like cosmic lover, like eons into the future. And it had nothing to do with my life. And the earth made sure that I knew that it had nothing to do with my life personally, that I could just live my life. And that like the, the grand arc of like the evolution of, 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 of life on earth was so much bigger than me that I didn't even need to fucking think about it. Yeah. That's what it taught me. Well, that must have been an interesting Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And yeah, I think it was like a, yeah, it was like a Monday morning. Like <laughs> Monday morning. Jesus yeah, Christ. it I was just, pretty wild, dude. I don't know. I, I'm I, sharing too much on this podcast. You guys need to delete all this. Awesome. That's okay. I was going to say. <laughs> this is great. I was going to say more. This is too much. This is too intimate. I'm scared now. It's not at all. <laughs> Feeling anxious attached. I think I'm going to run away now. Oh, we got like 50, <laughs> 50 listeners, so you're good, bro. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Great, I'm guys. safe. Yeah. I'm safe. And they're, okay. I just don't think, I, uh, uh, but what Terrence McKinnick said, like, no one's in charge for sure. I agree with that to some extent. I do think it's very funny that, like, the same people that like we don't even like this person and they're the ones who are running for they president. keep coming back they keep yeah. coming back and like how that how's that happen I mean, there's, yeah. there's somebody like you know kind of controlling a little bit they but are i mostly <laughs> agree with you yeah i just i like i'm not like the joker i don't want to watch the world burn i just kind of no. like just like 
pretending for a moment that I'm not part of this planet and then I can look <laughs> at it and watch and be like, Haha, that's funny. And then like, you know, pandemic happens and then dude, I can't yeah. be myself. So no, dude, totally. That's why the thing I think is the most heroic thing we can do yeah. is to make order in our lives and love the people we're close sure. to and create harmony together and, and, and like nurture life together. If we can nurture life, we can nurture plant life, grow food together. If we can like, if we can nurture like our children together, if we can create, you know, if we can create like harmonious, supportive relationships together, that's the most heroic thing we could possibly do on planet Earth. Far and above any activism you can do, that's the most active thing you can do yeah. is go and say like, I love you. Like, let's let's create life together like not necessarily like you know man, basically baby, start a band you know what i mean like oh, yeah I let's mean, start yeah, a, you know i mean start a band beauty that's what c.s lewis had said that truth goodness and beauty are the only things that would make humans and who said life. it before him aristotle right yeah. like fucking who said it before yeah. that like pythagoras probably i, I just want to know how many plato how many followers just saying old names truth and beauty <laughs> Well, who was it? I can't remember no, which one it was. But know. it was truth, it was <laughs> beauty, truth, and goodness. Beauty yes, and goodness. Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't the first, though, is what I'm saying. I don't it's know like who ancient. was the first, but I'm just, yeah, it's probably ancient. That, ancient. that was to prove the existence there is a uh, creator. Yeah. Mm. My question is how many followers do I need to get <laughs> into a space shuttle with Jeff, Bo- Jeff Bezos? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I'm going to hijack Connie and Nicholas Cage style, that fucking bitch. And I'm going to drop him everywhere. It's like, we're going to explode this thing, uh, or you're giving me $50 billion. Take that, Dr. Evil. Oh, is 100,000 followers, you think? A million followers? How many followers do I need to be? Hey, man. How many probably, followers does William Shatner have? It's probably like 100 million, but like you can do it, dude. I believe in you, Billy. That's my if, we get, if we get bottom of the bill to 100 million followers, Billy will hijack <laughs> Jeff Bezos' rocket. It's fucking... I want to go in his dick shove. And I want to I wanna be in orbit. I want to flow with him for a little while, get him real comfortable, and then just come back with a fucking... If you have 100 million followers And they're all going to see this podcast And then it probably (laughs) won't happen So Whatever dude Whoops Just know it's coming Oops I'm just saying Just fucking No one can hear you scream in space (laughs) Because there's no air yeah. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. Sound there's won't no travel. Yeah. All right. So uh, that was, that went off on quite a journey. Uh, yeah, so and you got a lot of unpopular opinions. But if you want some, if you want your last a lot one, of unpopular opinions, dude. I I guess I'm kind of deplorable. Um, <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm. It's funny. It's funny too because I'm not like. I don't stand for any political party, man. I don't. And I don't think like, I don't think any ideology is going to save the world or save this country. I think like, I literally am cliche enough to think that love is the only thing that's going to save us. Simple. It's naive and it's humble and that's true. It's true. That's what uh, Skinner wrote about. Simple man, right? Simple man. Just keep it simple, basically. That was his whole philosophy. Down, Fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true, man. Like, it's true. And <clears throat> I'd like, I'd love to, like, be able to sit here and, like, I'd love to be able to wield a bunch of popular opinions, but I think, like, the truth of what I've experienced in my life is that is that I don't have a lot of control over it and that it is uh, 
and that it is contingent upon the participation and behavior of everyone around me and it's contingent upon their grace and their love for me and for themselves that that I can continue to exist at all and so if I live that way and if other people live that way then we'll continue to exist and we'll figure out how to thrive but um, if we get caught up in ideology then we'll learn how to we'll relearn how to kill each other again like every revolution in history every every unfruitful rehashing of the same bullshit that's happened you call it different names it comes down to like people you know fighting each other over an idea of how the world should be and um and and those ideas are usually uh <coughs> spacey and somewhat misinformed and 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 uh they sound good they sound really idealistic but i don't think they're real and that's how i feel maybe i'm getting old maybe i'm getting fucking you know maybe i'm not cool anymore but so that's how i feel it's that bob dylan song he's a uh i was so much wiser then i'm younger than that now yeah yeah you know? yeah i feel so that way there's like this kind of thing where like when you're young like you got it kind of figured out and as you get older you realize like you don't know shit mm -hmm. which is really like how you start off in mm -hmm. the world right mm -hmm. so it's pretty profound i know that i know we need that fucking wall you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah fucking what <laughs> that wall <laughs> oh god trump 2024 is what billy's saying guys fucking wall has got 20 feet higher you know what i'm saying oh my I miss god so much it was so funny remember when he said he was gonna nuke a hurricane does nobody <laughs> yeah. remember that he said i don't know what are we gonna do about hurricane dorian has anybody thought of nuking it yeah. leader of the free world <laughs> madness yeah yeah i like it i like it that just proves that madness is the order of yeah. the age madness is is is, is is the order of, of what's so going on now Listen to Donnie, I miss you and I love you. And I just hope that <laughs> Donnie really boy, okay. Donnie boy, bring back Donnie. Hashtag 2024. Oh Jesus! Or just let him have Twitter back. That's how the it all started. Why he won for a presidency is because they wouldn't give him a football team. That's facts. He loves football. He loves football more than anything. He tried to buy the New York Giants. Of course, we're not going to give it to him. And he was just like, "All right, well then I buy a USFL team." So he bought a USFL team when that started back in the 1983, I think it was. And then he fucking sued the USFL so he could get enough money to buy an NFL team, and he fucking didn't win. And now look what happened. Just give him, give him like ownership of a team. Yeah, ownership. And he would have gone away. None of this would have happened. Hundred yeah. percent. Wow. Watch the 30 for 30 is all I'm saying. So sports are great for our society, then, is what Bill's saying. Of course. They're the opiate of the masses. <laughs> Go Jags. All right. Go Jags. Woo! <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure being with you. And thanks for hanging out today, man. This oh, this is awesome. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Hell yeah, man. I'm sorry to all of you who are offended by my opinions. No, nobody's offended. Nobody's offended. <laughs> They're good. Nobody's offended cool. or amused. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't care. They don't care either way. That's right, just well, how I want it. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll see you next week. So, adios, muchachos. Bye-bye.